the blast from our past network. Hey, this is John Philbin from Return of the Living Dead, Children of the Corn, and the New Kids, and you're listening to Podcasting After Dark. Lock your doors, close your windows, turn out your lights, for chills and thrills await you. It's time for Podcasting After Dark with your hosts, Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Stay with a friend, say your prayers as grisly ghouls close in to seal your doom. Tonight's episode, The Stuff, starring Michael Moriarty, Andrea Marcovici, and Garrett Morris. Welcome to another exhilaratingly awesome podcasting after dark where we will be singing the song can't get enough of the stuff all night long. I am Zach Schaefer and joining me as always is my wonderfully sexy co-host. Corey Stevenson. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Yeah, man. Uh, my I, I go by Corey, but my friends call me Mo because anytime I podcast, I always want Mo. <laughs> That's way better than mine. But you know, I, I wanted to have an excuse to sing that that jingle a little bit too. So, oh, uh, oh buddy, I, I I always welcome the chance for you to sing a jingle for us on here. So thank you for that. <laughs> well, bro, if 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 uh, listeners haven't picked up. On the on it already. We are today. We are breaking down the 1985 cult horror classic, The Stuff. It's directed by Larry Cohen. Mm-hmm. And Larry Cohen, for those of you that don't know who he is, the guy is a cult horror icon. Uh, he has done some very crazy films from uh, God Told Me To, uh, which features Andy Kaufman in a very small role. It's Alive, about a demonic baby. Uh, And one of my personal favorites, The Ambulance, which stars Eric Roberts Mm. and and Stan Lee and James Earl Jones. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Eric Roberts and Larry Cohen is a part of the Marvel Universe, so to speak. Interesting. Uh, So usually, you know, I'll use this spot to sort of jump in on my familiarity with the stuff. Uh, You picked it, um, so you're going to be show running it this week. And I have never seen it before until my (laughs) wife and I watched it uh, last week together. And uh, honestly, I'm actually not very familiar with Larry Cohen's body of work other than just knowing, like, seeing it, like, like meaning, like, seeing the box covers and, like, knowing it exists, but yeah. not necessarily, like, like being familiar with it. And, I mean, I've always seen the, the Q, the Winged Surf, Serpent uh, cover. I had seen, you know, uh, It's Alive. Is that what it is? Is that what it's called? Yep. It's Alive. It's yeah. Alive. I've yep. always seen that cover, and I knew it had a couple sequels and everything to it. Um, but I never kind of put them in my wheelhouse until until now until the stuff and uh, also this is my first sort of experience with Michael Moriarty that is <laughs> you know not law and order where i kind of actually know him from and uh let me tell you buddy this has been a life altering experience <laughs> Well, I'm sorry, and you're welcome, I guess I should say. Uh, <laughs> no, this in, is in, definitely a, a you're welcome uh, uh, scenario. Right on. That, that That's that that's music to my ears. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to be talking in a Jimmy Carter kind of voice to, for the rest of the episode. Uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you, sir, with, are no Michael Moriarty. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm definitely not. Um, now, I, I kind of jumped the gun a little bit because I was so excited to talk about Larry Cohen. But yeah, my... W- 
before we kind of get into everything, the, the cast and whatnot, uh, my familiarity with this movie, once again, goes back to my faithful brother, Eric. And he rented the stuff back in the day. Uh, and it terrified the hell out of me as a kid. Uh, to the fact there's one specific scene that happens at the end of the movie that I, still to this day I watch and I it raises the hairs on the back of my neck. And and so, yeah, I've seen this movie countless times. Uh, I chose it specifically because we had we do get shout outs from listeners, requests from listeners occasionally, um, like we did for Night of the Comet. And this was my kind of shout out from a listener. I, I, to be honest with you, I can't remember who specifically asked about it, but, um, but I do remember when they, when they brought it up, I was like, oh yeah, this is definitely one we're going to do. We're we're definitely going to do this one. Judging by the post that I made today, you know, announcing it uh, for the first time, you know, the Patreon always gets the first announcement and and the video exclusive video announcement. Um, But I announced it on Instagram today and boy, oh boy, was the, the response very, very well received. So hopefully uh, I'm pretty sure people are looking forward to this one. Now I was, I was talking with my wife tonight while we were eating dinner before recording and uh, I was kind of lamenting on, on the fact that, you know, not growing up with an older brother, you know, that that's why I didn't see a lot of these things like, like you did. Um, but she also mentioned that like, yeah, she, you know, she saw it, she enjoyed it. She thought it was cheesy, but she was like, you know, like I do get it. Like at the same time, if I saw this one as a kid, it would have freaked me the fuck out, you know? And, and, yeah. and in that regard, Truthfully, for me, it was always the cover, the VHS cover of the three people sort of melting into the stuff in front of the yeah, in front yeah. of the, the refrigerator. Dude, yeah. that cover freaks freaked me out as a kid, and I look at it now, and it's still very, very effective. So yeah. much so that I, as much as I absolutely love the Arrow Blu-ray that you you got me for this, um, and and the cover art, I, I do love the art on both sides of it. I was a little dismayed that it did not include that one particular that that sort of my nostalgic remembrance of it is that VHS cover. Um, but like I said. It was I, I was scared as shit of that cover as a kid. For, like it was for some reason it was that uh, Deadly Offspring and um, House. Like even though I love House the movie, the cover always freaked me out. Deadly Offspring because it was just so bloody and juicy. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to even touch that. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, I, I could see how effective this movie would be as a kid. I think my brother was always trying to go for something to to freak me out, and it was effective with the fact that this movie features a young kid. So mm-hmm. I related to the kid in the movie. Uh, it's got elements of invasions of the invasion of the body snatchers a little bit in that where elements you know, of the blob elements of the blob. It's got a lot of great kind of uh, nods, tips of the hat, so to speak. Um, yeah, it, it it was it was a cult classic on VHS. Then Anchor Bay released a uh, DVD of it back in the day, and then Arrow, yeah, Arrow put out this beautiful Blu-ray uh, with. Uh, Gary Poulin's uh, art on the front, who just happened to recognize his shout out on our Instagram page. So shout out to him because we are big fans of his work, his, yes. uh, his art. So yeah, that the art that he did pretty much breaks down 
uh, it makes the special effects look a lot better than they actually are in the movie. Yeah. But, you know, that adds to the fun, I think. It, it um, does. It, it yeah. does add to the fun. I <laughs> I do wish that there was a bit more, but that's okay. We'll, we'll get into that here and there, but at the same time, I totally get it. You know what I mean? I, I get where this movie stands. I get people's, uh, uh, <laughs> unlike Night of the Comet, I get it. Yeah, this... So, so Larry Cohen, because uh, he's he's worth dis- discussing a little bit because he might be one of our most infamous directors that we've that we've covered so far. Um, yeah, we haven't done Lloyd Kaufman yet, so uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get down that road somewhere. Of course. Um, but Larry Cohen has he's he's like a, a a cult guerrilla filmmaker. He does some weird shit. Uh, he started out. Doing like black exploitation movies back in the day, Black Caesar, Hell Up in Harlem, and then kind of moved into more horror related stuff. God told me to uh, specifically is known for the fact that Richard Lynch, the villain in Invasion USA, was horribly burned in the filming of God told me to, which is why he has all the scars on his face. Oh, that's the movie. Okay, yeah, Yeah. we we talked about that on the Invasion USA episode. Things are now coming full circle. Interesting. And yeah, uh, yeah, to to what you're saying, I was watching the the hour-long documentary on on the stuff on the Blu-ray. It's it's a really good documentary, and they talked to uh, Larry Cohen. and um, R.I.P. Right. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Um and yeah, he he did everything himself. Like he wrote yeah. all of his he wrote the movies, he he directed it, you know, even edited and and just, you know, kind of put in his own money and stuff and uh yeah, he seemed like a, you know, real auteur, um but he also seemed like he had you know, something to say, you know, in, in this film and in his other films, uh, according to the documentary on this film, it seemed like the other ones he had. Some, he always had something to say when he made a movie. So honestly, I really want to now watch Cue the Winged Serpent. That's kind of uh, I've, I've been wanting to watch that, but now it's kind of higher on my list now yeah. that I know Moriarty's in it. <laughs> yeah, I met I met uh, Larry Cohen a couple times. Uh, at Fangoria conventions, uh, I actually talked to Eric Roberts about this when when I interviewed him back in the day. But he, Larry Cohen, gave me a stuff cup when I met him, and uh, this was around the time that he was actually filming the ambulance. So this is way back in the day, early yeah. period of Fangoria Weekend of Horrors, and he had, apparently he gave out a lot of stuff cups because he had cases full in his basement yeah, so i didn't had to, feel they had as... to make them for the uh for the movie and then yeah. after the movie they're just like okay what do we do with it so he's sat on them forever yeah. according yeah, to the documentary has, whoever has a stuff cup and possibly a taste cup that would be a collector's item if you got the taste yeah i can't imagine <laughs> that there were that many made because it was just no. that one photo yeah right um but yeah so let's let's get into the cast a little bit like you said michael moriarty was in another larry cohen movie q the winged serpent okay i i gotta ask my man yeah michael moriarty this is my first experience with with the man you know outside of law and order and i didn't pay any attention to him at the time there oh wow so so i know i mean i didn't See, that's the thing. When, when I say that I know him from Law & Order, it wasn't because I, like, watched Law & Order. It was just I happened to see it when it was on, and I was like, oh, okay, that guy. I recognize that guy. But this is, like, my first time, like, sitting with him in, in, in a movie. And my question is, does he act like this in Q and, like, other films, or is this sort of how he took on the stuff? And and by this, I don't know what I call what he does, <laughs> 
other than BDE, baby, big dick energy. All like <laughs> so like all I'm telling my wife, I'm like, I'm watching this this movie and I'm like I, I looked her like halfway through the first viewing and I'm like I, I'm riveted. I, I don't know what it is about this this actor, you know, who, who's on screen that I don't know that much about, other than he's he's wearing a toupee. And I'm like, <laughs> but I'm like, everything tells me that he's he's. I don't know. I shouldn't be like literally man crushing over him, but for some reason, all I can say is I have a freaking man crush on 1985 Michael Moriarty, and it's because of his fucking big dick energy, man. He this this role, this character, he rolls into every room like he's got the biggest cock around, and I'm like, it's fucking amazing to watch <laughs> yeah, him work. Is so, is this how he is in like Cue the Winged Serpent and shit? No, I mean he's got. Uh, so in in the stuff, he puts on this weird kind of affect on his voice. He kind of had that in Q as well. He's a he's a little more meek in Q, um, from what I remember. I haven't seen that movie in, in in over a decade. But what I remember, I remember seeing him in the stuff and thinking, "Oh, he's so cool! I can't wait to see him in other things." And he kind of plays like a wimpy guy. He's in a movie called Report to the Commissioner back in '75. That is a kick-ass movie poster uh and that's what sold me on it was the poster and then i watched the movie and i was like oh he's he's not he doesn't have that bde like you're talking about Mm -hmm. uh so this was really yeah this was this was specifically like just the character the movie the right timing so basically he just like tuned into mo and was like oh i'm gonna just rock the fuck out of this yeah, because right after he did the stuff, or maybe right around the same time, he did Pale Rider, which is a great Clint Eastwood western. Yeah, I like that uh, movie. Oh, he's and, in that. Oh yeah. shit, I haven't seen that in forever. He's got a big role in that movie too, actually. I get yeah, but I mean, he he in my head it, he doesn't you know stand out like he does here. But I, I mean, so okay, so so my the answer is. This is kind of how he portrayed Mo. Then it's it's yes. kind of like Mo has big dick energy, and uh, Michael Moriarty just kind of tuned into Mo right there. Uh, or it could be called uh, toupee energy. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I think this this this. I don't know if this was written specifically for Michael Moriarty, but he. It, I don't see anybody else playing this character. It's it's Michael Moriarty all the way through. Yeah. He's, and then from the documentary, it's, it seemed like he, he kind of, uh, Larry Cohen wanted to work with Michael Moriarty again. So I, I do think that it was kind of written with him in mind. Although my understanding is that him and, uh, or Larry Cohen and Michael Moriarty did a lot of like ad libbing and, and stuff on oh. set. And, uh, even in the documentary, like, like, uh, Larry Cohen would say he would just throw like a, like in the middle of the scene when, when Michael Moriarty's acting, he would just throw a line at him and he would just like, you like wouldn't even tell that he absorbed it, but then he just, he would just put it right into the the uh to the act like to the to the script he just would just absorb it and just like like speed feed it back out but then the lady uh, uh the young lady who played in it she was like very strict like to the uh to the script and everything but apparently michael moriarty and, and larry cohen had a real fun time enjoying the dialogue you know you can tell you can tell there's a few scenes i'll uh, that will as we get into it that i'll point out that it's obvious there was some sort of ad living going on <laughs> um but yeah I, and i didn't realize that that michael moriarty um, is the original Harry Potter what? because in the 1986 film Troll, he plays Harry Potter Senior. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, by the way, I love I love Troll. Uh, but yeah, yeah me too. Moore, Julie Louis Dreyfus is in it. Yeah, dude, it's a great movie. Not great, but it's a fun movie. Yeah, um, I remember that was a kid. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, be, 
for all the people out there that know Michael Moriarty from Law and Order, which I loved him in that, um, and we'll talk about Law and Order again in just a minute. But he was in he was a genre actor. He's been in tons of types of movies from you know horror to sci-fi, well, sci-fi-ish fantasy, uh, and you know westerns. Everything he's done it all. He's done it all. He's tour de force, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> his, and he was, his soft face face and soft features are very versatile. Yes, yes, they go a long way. Milk toast. <laughs> uh, we'll get back to Michael Moriarty in a second, but oh, yeah, oh we, you, you, we trust me, there's going to be a lot of Michael Moriarty love this episode. Trust there's me, so much. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like you said, his 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 lady friend in the movie uh, is played by uh, so Andrea Markovici. She plays uh, Nicole uh, Kendall, and. And she's like the, the the love interest, second in command, and she's been in a bunch of stuff too. Uh, kind of a big name actress. She's been in um, Woody Allen movies. This movie called The Front. She was in Space Hunter, uh, which is with Molly Ringwald, right? Molly Ringwald yep. and Peter Strauss. Yep. I love that movie actually. Uh, and just just a just a cacophony of of, of films, if you will. Uh, in television as well. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Morris, who oh. most people will recognize from Saturday Night Live, plays yep. <laughs> Chocolate Chip Charlie. <laughs> hey! <laughs> who, who was kind of a play on uh, the famous Amos Cookies yes. uh, thing at yes. the time, apparently. I, don't, yes. I know a famous Amos Cookies, but I didn't know that there was, like, I guess, a person sort of uh, associated with them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing the guy's face on, on... They don't have his face on there anymore, but back in the day, his face used to be plastered all over the, the merchandise gotcha. or the, uh, the, the the marketing. But yeah, he plays Chocolate Chip Charlie. He's only in this movie literally for like two scenes. Yeah. Um, but but the, man, what he's in is gold. It, it's uh, it's absolutely gold. Even my wife was like, when when Mo and Charlie are together, it's like the it's my favorite parts of the movie, and I wish it happened more. They they made a fantastic team, and and even when they were like, you could just tell that they were just jamming off of each other, like like you know <laughs> actor wise. They you could tell that they were going with it, and it, it you could just, you could sense the uh, the camaraderie. I guess I should say. And speaking of the camaraderie and the going with it, uh, the, the next guy in the cast is Paul Sorvino, uh, who plays Colonel Spears. And a lot of improvising going on, I think, with him as well. But he, he most people will know him from Law & Order as well. He mm-hmm. was on Law & Order at the same time that Michael Moriarty was on there. But I know him specifically from Goodfellas or love him specifically from Goodfellas. But he's been in a ton of things as well. And, uh, I, and I always like think of Paul Servino as like sort of being a big actor like right away and so when, apparently when he made this he wasn't big at the time and uh, I don't remember off the top of my head when Goodfellas came out I think it was like what late uh, early 90s uh um Late 80s. Late 80s, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, I always grew up in a time where Paul Savino was, was Goodfellas. Like, he was that guy. Um, yeah. But I, I loved his energy in this, too. He was, it was, it was cool. He was, it was fun to see him in this role. Well, I, and, and I have to correct myself. It, it came out in 1990, Goodfellas. Okay. Uh, but I always, for some reason, I always felt like it was 89. But he was in The Rocketeer as well, mm-hmm. one of your favorites. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, and, and that's like sort of the other place that I know him from that's that's not Goodfellas. But already running down this cast, it it is, I'm not going to say A-list, but it is B-plus mm-hmm. uh, quality actors. I, I would and, go so far as say A-minus. Yeah, okay, sure. I'll do that. I'll go with you on that one. Um, and then the the kid in the movie, Jason, is played by Scott Bloom. Um, 
his brother Brian plays his older brother in the movie, which is kind of cool. Yeah, uh, I, I like that. And, and, you know, Myra and I were instantly like, oh, they're brothers right away. Yeah. Like, you know, and I mean, their they're blue eyes are yeah, absolutely just eyes. like stunning. <laughs> stunning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then he's got a small role in the film, but Danny Aiello uh, plays a character named Vickers. And Danny Aiello, I mean, I love him specifically from do the right thing and the professional. Uh, those are the two movies I recognize. Like those are the immediate movies that I, I know him from, but I mean, he's been in a shit ton of movies, Moonstruck, Hudson Hawk, which is, <laughs> you love your Hudson. Hawk. I love my Hudson Hawk. dude. <laughs> so that was, that's considered like one of the worst movies of all time, but I, I actually love that movie. Um, and then we've got Patrick O'Neill who plays Fletcher and I, and he, again, another very important role, uh, he's he's a great character actor. He's been in a shit ton of stuff. Under Siege, specifically, people will recognize him from. I recognize him from the Kirk Cameron, Dudley Moore movie, Like Father, Like Son. Uh, he plays <laughs> Dr. Arm Brewster. So, uh, <laughs> was that one of the swaps, swappies ones? <laughs> yeah, that was on my watch list. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, love, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Swappies? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a body swap movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's when uh, Kirk Cameron was considered cool and hadn't jumped off the Christian bridge. Yeah. Oh, my um, God. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Good but, old Kirk Cameron. <laughs> Kirk, let me ask yes. you this. The, the, that, the guy you're just saying, what was his name again? The one we're talking about right oh, now? sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Patrick O'Neill. Yeah, so why in the opening credits was his the only name that was bordered? Did you notice that? I don't so, know. So so in the opening credits, uh, uh, it's it's I don't can't remember if it was over black or if it was over like stuff happening. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, but <laughs> but you know they just they mentioned everybody's name, you know Michael Moriarty and White, yada yada yada. But when they got to him. His was the only one that had a had a, a border around it, like a square, like a rectangle around his name. Not a single other name had that, and uh, I was just wondering why. If you don't know, then I'll put that out to the uh, to the listeners. If you guys know, leave a leave a comment and let us know. My my guess is because the the guy was a kind of a classic '70s actor. Maybe he got a special shout out. Yeah. Maybe he's buddies with Larry Cohen. That's my only guess. It's, um, but it's like it's like yeah. So put a border around this guy's name in the credits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't put one around Garrett Morris. Well, apparently Garrett Morris doesn't have anything nice to say about Larry Cohen. Oh. But that that could explain why he didn't have a border around his name. Uh, I didn't get a border around my name. Damn it! But there's a <laughs> there's a few people in this movie that like are quote unquote guest stars, and then they're not. And then there's some people that maybe got their first start in film. Um, Brooke Allen, Brooke Adams, who we love from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And I love her also from um, Shockwaves. Uh, she has like a she's a special guest star in a stuff commercial. And then Abe Vigoda, who people know from uh, <laughs> Barney Miller. Uh, he's in a he's in a stuff commercial. No, and then the, and you know who he's in the stuff commercial with? Yeah, please, please tell us. It's the, it's the old lady from Where's the Beef commercial. Yeah, it's the Where's the Beef lady. <laughs> and that's why she says, where's the stuff? Where's the stuff? Where's and the then stuff? You might not have noticed, you might have noticed this guy specifically, but um, Eric Bogosian, who, he's, uh, he was in a movie called Talk Radio, which is a, which is a Oliver Stone film. Uh, he, most recently, he was in the TV show Secession on HBO. Mm. He's kind of a big name He's a big deal in like the theater. Uh, he's a, he's like an actor's actor kind of deal. Uh, he is like a supermarket clerk in, when Jason has his meltdown in the supermarket <laughs> scene. Uh, Patrick Dempsey 
apparently is in this movie as well. I didn't see him in it, but he's credited in the film huh. uh, as an underground stuff buyer, uh, which it might be. Oh, was it the not the guy with the eyebrows, but the other guy that the one with the eyebrows looks back at? You know, I think so. I think weird. It might be. And he's yeah. wearing like something over his face too. Like you can only see like sort of the top of his head. It's really weird. Yeah, dude. <laughs> All right, and good that... old Patrick Dempsey. Right. And then in the factory later on the movie, uh, Mira Sorvino is also in this film and her dad being Paul Sorvino probably is the reason why she's in it. Yeah, no. And and the funny thing is, like, that's always sort of where I again, where I know Paul Sorvino from is being Mia Sorvino's uh, father. But I didn't see her in in that at all. Neither did I. I mean, she kind of came and came and went. Mm, So, uh, you know, which I I just think it's cool. It's like these are things that you wouldn't recognize. Um, and, And then. I don't remember specifically. I was trying to look up his name, and I didn't. It's my bad that I didn't do a whole lot of digging. But the first two actors in the beginning, and we'll get to this in just a second. Uh, one of them is like a recognizable face, just a genre actor, like a B movie. With the mom and the dad, or, or different? No, in, the, in the opening shot with the two guys oh. at the factory. Oh, so, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Anyways, that's yeah. neither here nor there. Yeah, and but, now the movies, and again, and the mom and the dad, everyone's been in a ton of shit, but yeah. like not a lot of stuff that I'd seen before. No, and 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 yeah, they've got good resumes, and and this is a New York movie, so there's New York actors, and if you think if you go back to the '80s, the '70s, and the '80s, uh, acting in New York. And it still is. It's like you had the cream of the crop in New York. Uh, if you couldn't make it in New York, then you weren't going to make it anywhere kind of thing. You know, um, like the, 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 best, the best of the best were in New York back in the day. <laughs> and as we slowly fade into the Jay-Z New York song right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. New York was like that was the place to be, you know. And then L.A. Yeah. was like, well, we're going to figure this shit out. It's warmer here, better weather. Um, but yeah. And then Larry Cohen wrote this movie as well. So let's just jump right into this biatch. Mm, I love it. Let's, let's get stuffy. <laughs> Good let's, one. let's get some stuffies you know, you let's know. get some stuffies warning we interrupt this presentation with the following urgent message regarding the stuff if you see it in stores call the police if you have it in your home don't touch it get out the stuff is a product of nature a deadly living organism it is addictive and destructive it can overcome your mind and take over your body and nothing can stop it. Are you prepared to say on the air that you've actually seen people devoured by the stuff? Tonight, America is in grave danger. Okay, so quite possibly one of the worst uh, openings to a movie. It just opens. The movie just opens up. There's no opening, uh, you know, screen cap or, like, you know, any sort of... uh, There's there's nothing. It just opens on a quarry, like a a factory. and Like a quarry. Yeah, quarry, factory in the... 
in the in the middle of winter and the snow's falling everywhere and this you see this old guy kind of see find this white shit bubbling in the ground that's not snow and he's like what the hell is this and he sticks his fingers into the middle of it and puts it in his mouth of course that's what you do <laughs> that's what you I, do I was- I almost picture that's what uh, in the Beverly Hillbillies he would have done with the bubbling crude that oh, came black up. Black gold, know? Texas tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. So he sticks his finger in the hole and uh, starts freaking out. And he's just like, he's he's marvel. I wrote he's marveling at it because he's just going nuts. He, he's like, oh, this is this tastes delicious. And then his buddy walks over and. Uh, and he's like, get a load of this. Take a bite of this. And he's like, what are you doing? Come on, man. Don't don't eat that. You don't know where it's been or whatever. And he gives the, he makes his friend eat the food. And his friend that he gives it to, that's the guy. I'm like, I know that guy from somewhere. Um, I just don't remember where. He To I, me, I, and I could be wrong, but he reminded me of one of the uh, guys in The Howling. Uh, the one, he was a yes. werewolf at the very end with the, like, like you thought he was a friend at first and then he, got, he was a werewolf. He reminds me of that guy. I actually just figured out where he's from, and I didn't even need to look it up on IMDb. Uh, he's from a movie. I recognize him from a '80s movie called True Believer, which is mm. a cool, like, um, like uh, late '80s crime. Uh, what do you call it? A, a courtroom noir. drama. Oh, okay. Right, cool. and, and and he's he's in that. But that's I just had to put that out there. Okay, and, and well, just in case. They, and apparently uh, there wasn't supposed to be any snow uh, that day on that shoot. And they get there, and it's snowing. And Larry Cohen's like, all right, let's start filming. And the the production crew people were like, uh, we can't do that. Like, we're not, you know, electrically made, uh, <laughs> okay. prepped for, for snow. Uh, we're yeah. going to start blowing generator. And he's like, nope, let's just do it. And he said, Sh- you know, yeah, they got they got the shot. But sure enough, you know, uh, a generator started popping. And uh, he's like, thankfully, <laughs> no one got, uh, got electrocuted. But we got the shot. We got that beautiful snow i was like okay okay <laughs> oh, shit, only in 85 or, or 84 you know whatever whenever they filmed it only in 84 <laughs> that's all that matters it's yeah. all that matters get the shot well, get the shot baby you know what's funny about that because you're, you're we are talking about it being the middle of winter uh and then the next scene r- immediately go to jason in his bed uh and he's super sweaty <laughs> yeah <laughs> because it's super hot out <laughs> Yeah. So so there's a little bit of a time lapse. Yeah, I was wondering, like, what was, like, that time lapse and everything there? But at the same time, I was also marveling at the Return of the Jedi sheets and the uh, Mr. T uh, window, uh, you know, uh, blinds or whatever they have in the windows, the curtains. I'm sorry, Mr. T curtains. And uh, my question to you is, uh, what point in time in movies could you, like, I, I feel like in the 80s, I remember more movies. You could see McDonald's. You could do. You could see all this kind of stuff. When did it become that you had to have the license for it and everything? And, you know, I mean, this movie has, like, Pepsi logos, uh, McDonald's logos, Coke logos, and Return of the Jedi, Star Wars, everywhere. And I'm like, at what point in time, like, uh, when did movies stop allowing this to happen? That's a really good question. I, I mean, I don't have the answer to it, uh, but it makes me wonder, like, was this the movie that pushed that broke this camel's back, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> uh, because there is product placement up the wazoo in this film. Yeah. Um, it it, it must've been soon after because yeah, you think about like, I was watching ET not that long ago and I was thinking, Oh, you know, there there's, there's like, there's a lot of product placement in this, but this one takes the cake, dude. There it's all over the place. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, when they, especially when they have the scene in the grocery store, there's more of it in there, too. 
I don't know, man. It's a really good question. Uh, and, and also, this is like guerrilla filmmaking. Yeah. And I also have to point out, too, like the fact that, yeah, the first scene is in the middle of winter. The next scene is what appears to be in the middle of the summer. There's no explanation of why. This is this movie has a lot of obvious shortcomings, but I feel like at the end of the day, the 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 fun of this movie makes up for any little thing in this where you're like, oh my god, it's just cheesy fun. This is oh, a yeah. very cheesy fun movie. So we're gonna be putting probably point, pointing out a lot of things that are oh, just like, oh, they fucked up in that. But who cares? It's it's funny. There's 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 so much in this movie to talk about, and and it's all gonna be out of love. Although I will say I didn't have that much of a problem with it because I kind of looking back, I sort of just associated that like, okay, if they found it in the wintertime, like it's gonna take a few months to get like your branding, get your you know your facilities like set up yeah. and everything. So honestly, I mean, knowing what I know about the making of the movie, I don't think it was intended to take place in the snow. Um, but it kind of actually makes sense that it would be like six months prior because it couldn't have just they couldn't have just ended up in in the in, in everywhere right away you know like yeah and even in totally. the movie they established like that that when the people who found it came to the guy you know the the marketing guy or the distribute distributor guy they were already addicted he said so like there's already seemed like there was some time had already passed yeah no it totally makes sense um i guess my point is that that there's any little thing where you're like, but yeah, this wasn't explained or why that happened. This is not one of those movies where you have to uh, justify why things happen. Yeah. And, and, and not to knock night of the comet at all, but it, it's very timely that we're talking about it because this movie is a cool 86 minutes. Yeah. And it, it's like everything's every scene. It, it, it takes up like I could not take my, I had to rewind. I had to. This was one of the longest movies I had to watch because there was so much going on in every scene. And for the first time, I was like, "Whoa, damn! I'm having to rewind a lot of scenes to finally get all this shit on paper because yeah. it happens so fast." And I love that. I love the pacing of this movie because it starts and it's over, and you're like, "Oh shit! Okay, well, damn! They're already we're already in the third act. Okay, okay, here we go." <laughs> so. Back to the movie. Everyone's like, get to the fucking movie. I know. I was going to say, we're talking about how fast the movie is. And yet we've been talking about the first like minute for like 20 <laughs> <Yeah>. minutes. <laughs> okay. I'll go a little faster. Okay. No, no. So, I love it. I love it. I don't give a shit, man. I love getting into the weird shit. So big, big J, Jason and the Argonauts is in bed. And uh, yeah, he gets out of bed. He's all sweaty. And he's like, oh, it's so hot here. And, and he, he walks downstairs he's in the second story of his house, walks downstairs into the kitchen opens up the fridge and sees a overturned cup of the stuff uh, spilled out with like whipped cream yogurt and it's moving. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what the fuck? And his dad walks in. His fucking super dick, dick ass dad, fucking asshole dad, asshole dad. What <laughs> That's what I, I wrote down. Like dad walks in pissed. Just the first thing out of his mouth was you scared me. Right. He's like screaming at his kid yeah. to get back upstairs. And he spanks the, <laughs> Yeah, he I, fucking spanks him. I wrote that down. I was like, "What the fuck?" He like spanked the shit out of that little kid, like the actor. You know, I was like, "What the hell?" Now, I will say, uh, my wife and I did note instantaneously that that kid has a huge fucking head. <laughs> oh shit! Dude. <laughs> oh, and I'm laughing because I've had quite a bit of Kahlua already. I'm laughing at the fact that. Uh, <laughs> I knew we were going to have fun with this movie, dude. This is the whole reason why I picked it. Of course. 
So the fucking dad smacks his kid's ass. Fuck that dad, man. What an asshole. Yeah, fuck that guy. Fucking asshole. And uh, and he walks up and he, he goes, after the kid goes up the stairs, he goes back in the fridge and starts eating the stuff. Cuts immediately to a wonderfully shot commercial for the stuff. And, uh, and the tagline is, enough is never enough. And so there's and, like this blonde lady that's that's talking, like delivering the stuff commercial. Yeah. What is up with her voice? She's, she talks <laughs> like this. She looks like she's like, I think, 35. Although, you know, in movie terms, that means she looks like she's 50. And yeah. then her voice <laughs> is like this, but she's trying to act sexy. What was up with that commercial? Dude, that's, that's like old school uh, New York, probably like struggling actors. I need a roll. Smoking way too many cigarettes because you're stressed all the time. But you have commercials like with Abe Vigoda later, you know, like actual good. Why is this the first commercial that we see? And this lady is so weird. And yet it's only it's it's because they're trying to she's trying to be sexy, but it's not sexy. She's like she's clearly has throat cancer. I'm like, what is (laughs) happening here? My guess. My guess is that she's like a soap actress. Because she kind of looks like a soap actress, you know. So like it's so it's TV. one of those things where, like, it, now in in twenty twenty, I've like missed the reference uh, to what she is, basically. Yeah, I, I think it's imp- for me. I was like, it's implied that if this was shot now, they'd use somebody who's on like daytime TV or a reality star. So like, you and I might not know who she is, but maybe like people who watch daytime television would know who she. I think that's the implication. Oh, like daytime act because it. Because all the people that are in these commercials are supposed to be kind of like known people. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, known to somebody, right? So immediately from that commercial, it cuts to a yacht on the water. And <laughs> My first note is, look at these white guys. Yeah, yeah. It's a bunch of fucking white, old white guys. The guys that we are currently, uh, you know, uh, Anti-boomerine, yeah. <laughs> yes. And I'll, I just wrote... Big wigs discussing the stuff. It's rival rival company uh, heads who are who are um, discussing ways that th- they're pissed off that the stuff has like taken over the world, so to speak, and they want to spy on them to get the formula for the stuff, and they need this guy named Mo Rutherford. I fucking love Mo, baby. And so, who shows up but a guy named David? And and he's an industrial spy. And as he's walking in, like he's <laughs> so the first interaction he has is with like the security guard, FBI guy. And they're just talking shit back and forth to each other. Like the, the security guard's basically calling a fucking asshole. And he's just like, oh, well, you can, you know, kiss my ass. Basically, he doesn't say that, but yeah. but he, they're ribbing each other back and forth. It's really playful. And then this is my first favorite moment of his. He starts shaking everybody's hands. He goes, oh, that's a sweaty palm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a sweaty palm. Oh, that's a sweaty palm. <laughs> so, I mean, like. Imagine me watching this scene for the first time, having no clue, like, what is happening. First off, the whole thing is terribly ADR'd, because yes, yes. <laughs> I guess they just had terrible sound on that yacht, which oh, it, like, it was not a set. It was an actual yacht. So, yeah, they probably had horrible sound. So the whole thing is ADR'd, te- like, yeah. terribly. But, like, so I'm like, I'm like, oh, like, I'm watching that. The, the ADR's, like, fucking with me. But at the same time, he's, like, shaking the hands. Oh, that's a wet hand. I'm like, 
oh, there's something about this guy here, you know, like instantly I'm like drawn to Mo and I'm like, what is going on here? Why does this guy have a toupee and is still cool? How is this? How is all of this happening in front of my eyes and I've never seen it before? Well, it's such a it's actually really fucking cool because he knows that they want something from him so he's like oh yeah he's calling them on the fact that they're nervous and it's done in such a playfully funny way where you're like wait what he's calling people on their sweaty palms and I thought damn i hope i never meet michael moriarty because he's immediately gonna think i want something from him because my hands are always sweaty um but when he's talking he talks a little like jimmy carter like a little bit of this kind of southern drawl it's, it's, it's got it, like a, it's lyrical it's got like a sing-songy kind of quality to it yeah like um you know, a cat, in a cat on a hot tin roof kind of thing. And at first I'm like, is it, it's like a foghorn leg. It's got like a little bit of a foghorn leghorn meets snagglepuss. That's what I wrote. I'm like, oh dear, heavens to Murgatroyd. I'm going to get some barbecue beef right now. <laughs> foghorn leghorn if he had a big fucking dick that was swinging between his legs. I think foghorn leghorn did have a big fucking dick. Because that cock, that cock was the, he was the cock of the walk, dude. He was the cock of the walk. Good one, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So. So he says, uh, he's like, you guys all want something from me. I'm paraphrasing here. He's like, you guys want something from me and, uh, and I can get it for you. And, and then, there, and so they, he, he, intru- does he introduce himself as David? I think he does. He's like, well, he's, uh, well, he's like but my friends call me Mo, you yeah. know, because whenever I get money, I always want Mo. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he um he always uh, I guess he int- like people know him as David, but he always kind of corrects them and and says that you know people call him Mo. Yeah. But I like the little bit where he did where uh, he was like somebody called me like an asshole. Like he he's somebody he called somebody out for like saying something about him, and then you yes. find out that he put the uh, put like a, a little spy device, like a listening device, in their jacket the night before at the hotel or whatever. But that was a little a little clever moment to uh, sort of endear himself to to the team or whatever or to show that he's worth the the money that that you know they're going to pay him yeah one of the one of the uh the big wigs who actually is important because he kind of shows up at the end of the movie um and he he he's like you call me an asshole yeah, yeah and he finds and he finds the uh he finds the wire tap in his pocket and now next thing you know all the big wigs are like reaching in their pocket of their jacket looking for a wiretap and so he gets so Mo starts to leave. No, wait, wait, wait. Is, no, my favorite line, buddy boy. My yes. favorite line is uh, uh, you're not as dumb as you appear to be. And he goes, I love how he like sort of looks to the side and thinks about it for a second. He goes, no one is as dumb as I appear to be. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, dude. I fuck. He was like, Come on. I think that line right there informed me that I was like, oh, he's not an idiot. He's kind of he's got this charm thing that he's doing. He's playing a fool and he knows that his his voice kind of has this foolish lyrical thing. But his character is is extremely intelligent throughout this film. Yeah, he he's he is he's good at his job. He and, knows how to get the job done. And he's got a hell of a punch, as you'll tell us in a second. Yeah, Duke. So so he walks. So he's walking out. They, they he gets hired to to be basically be a spy. And uh, he's walking out of the of the yacht, and he walks past the the asshole security guy, and he just fucking knocks him out. <laughs> he goes, him. You, "You tell the FBI guys I said hi," and then he just. Decks him in the face, knocks fucking him the fuck out. Cold cocks him, just <laughs> it's knocks great. him the fuck out. Like, it's like great. straight up, like you got knocked the fuck out. 
That yeah. was great, dude. I mean, this entire scene, T yeah. to B, baby, fire, fire. <laughs> I, I mean, up fire, until this, dude. I was like, okay, sure, you know, the dad's kind of a dick. The kid's got a huge head. He's got weird eyes. I don't know what's happening. And then Mo comes in, and I'm like, oh, baby, I am in for a ride, aren't I? Exactly. It's only only gonna get better. It's only gonna get better. And, and that that is the goddamn truth right there. <laughs> so cuts to the next scene. It's breakfast time uh, at Jason's house, and I, Jason's mom is yelling at his brother. And uh, and then J- Jason walks in, and she asks what he wants for breakfast, and he says he's not hungry. And and then they're like, she's like, oh, why don't you eat the stuff or whatever? And and he's like, don't eat that. It, it moves. I saw it move, Mom. It, it moved in the fridge or something to that effect. And and he knocks it out of their hands and just fucking takes off after that. Yeah. And it like it's it like splatters all over the wall and then the mom cleans it up and she's like, Look at that. It doesn't leave any marks. It's it's like low calories, great taste, doesn't leave any marks. It's a shame that he doesn't want to eat it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're all assholes to him, but they're all nice to each other, basically. Yeah. From there, it goes immediately cuts to a like a science lab, and Moe's in there with his science crack science team, and he's asking about the stuff and and uh, and he's like say, he says it's the, the formula is protected like coke, you know, like they can't crack the code to figure out what is in this stuff. Yeah, and and apparently because of lo- like the same laws that uh, keep coke from having to sort of disclose its quote-unquote, you know, secret formula is the same laws that is why the stuff, the people who created the stuff don't have to do the same thing. I thought that was very, uh, like, timely and applicable, uh, even nowadays. Shit. This movie still has, is very applicable to today. Um, yeah. And maybe even more so, which is scary. Really fucking scary. But yeah. um, I, I like that. I liked how it was It was an easy way to understand the, the sort of the MacGuffin. You know, like, why did the FBI F- FDA will sort of allow it through and it just it, you know what it falls under the same purview as why Coca-Cola doesn't have to release their secret formula and I was like okay as, as a viewer that just it made sense I was like okay I get it yeah this is uh this is really a commentary on consumerism and oh, yeah. blind consumerism and the the idiocy that yeah it, it, it didn't get any better it's got worse in 2020 it's fucking worse now than it was back in 1985 yeah uh but yeah Coke. People were drinking Coke. Coke is terrible for you. I don't care what anyone says. It's terrible for you. Uh, I used to drink that shit like crazy, and that's probably why I had like 13 to 15 cavities at one point because I just drank so much Coke all the time. Jesus, you know? your your mouth looks like the inside of uh, chocolate, chip Charlie's. chocolate chip Charlie's at the end. <laughs> and that's why it terrifies me. Yeah, dude, like not anymore, thank God, but, but still back in the day, I was drinking Coke like it was nobody's business. And that you know, people pour shit that shit on top of a penny. You see what happens to it. Like, it, it takes the like a rusty penny. It like takes yeah. all the shit off. Or, you know. So yeah, it, it it's perfect perfect example with Coke. Um, yeah. It's bad for you. I, I don't care. Like, yeah, if you like Coke, whatever, drink it. It's all good. I'm sure a lot of our listeners do. I'm not knocking those people. 
but you know it's not good for you. Come yeah. on now. Yeah, yeah, we all do. We all eat and drink stuff that we know is not good for us. Honestly, yeah, we all do. Um, it. I I don't drink a lot of soda, and and like the, the sugar just hurts my stomach. But there are specific moments where I really want a Coke, and it's usually when it's combined with something. Like at oh, the yeah, very yeah. rare occasion that I get McDonald's and I have like a Big Mac or something, I, I'm just gonna get the Coke, you know, because it's 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 the Big Mac plus this the fries plus the the Coke all create like its own flavor, you know. And yes. uh, you know, so there's time for it. There's, there's times here and there for the Coke. If you're gonna go with the co- if you're gonna go with a Coke, get a Mexican Coke because at oh, least oh, oh, that's yeah, like yeah. cane sugar. Yeah, yeah. Know? No, I I completely agree with that. Stay away from that high fructose shit. Anyways, I try to. It kills my stomach, dude. Yeah, dude, it's not good for you. Come on, Come on <laughs> and this you is, alive. And this is your uncle's podcast. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Uh, so okay. So anyways, from there we cut to a stuff commercial shoot, and it's hilarious because it's like a full on. You feel like you're just on set with a bunch of people getting uh, getting the inside scoop of what a stuff commercial looks like. And the first two ladies, the one on the right had an insane nose. Like, it was total, like, razor beak. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> my wife razor was beak. like, my wife was like, because we were watching the models, and she was like, is this what 80s models looked like? And I was like, honestly, probably not. I think this is probably what... Sh- strip club ladies looked like because i'm sure that's all they had in the budget to to get for these quote-unquote models and that's probably why they all had to wear uh uh, fur coats you know but uh and then the very last one was probably the 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 real model but uh, i was like she was hot yeah she was hot she was hot but yeah that first lady on the right i was like wow that nose is wild damn dude i think the last strip club i went to uh (laughs) the, the the chick was like you know, I, I was like, I was there for a bachelor party and the, and the, and the, the, the chick comes out with an outfit on and takes it off and she's got like, you know, scars on her belly and, and they look like a <laughs> sure. knife scar. Sure. And I'm like, are you Prometheus? What the fuck happened? <laughs> did, did, did Zeus take your part of your liver out? Fuck. Anyways. Um, <laughs> you're, you've so, been, I, that was over my head, buddy. You, you've been, you've been balls deep in Greek mythology uh, for I a am. while now. <laughs> yeah. And I must say that the, that whole strip club comment was, that was like from, 20 years ago so anyways uh yeah i just had to put that out there so mo shows up at the commercial shoot and he he like totally just like walks in while they're shooting he's like i'm sorry everybody needs to leave now and uh. and this is where i tuned into his his bde and i was like the only person that could fucking stop an entire shoot is the guy with the biggest dick in the room yeah yeah for sure he he's able to shut the shoot down get everyone to leave. Uh, then Miss Kendall, the, the director, or she, like the PR uh, head for the stuff, you know, walks up. She's like, what are you doing? He's like, I need to talk to you. You're, yeah, and you need to be talking to me. I'm the one that you, I'm more important than all these people here. And he's totally flirting with her from like the get go. Yeah. And she's kind of flirting back with him of, a little bit. Of too. course, like, like no one else could sh- like fuck her job up like that. She would hate anyone else, but she likes him right away. Yep. B.D.E., baby. <laughs> so he gets her to sit down and he starts explaining that he's like a petroleum uh, company man that wants to hire her to be the head of his PR for his company. And she's like, you want to hire me? And he's like, I want to I want to I want to take you. I want to make you. The, the the I want to give you a new job. Basically, he wants to make her like in the, charge of everything. The head or something. Yeah, yeah. He was, well, he actually implied that he was going to buy this per, her company or, or the production company she was working for, and then uh, uh, you know 
put her in charge of it. But um, I mean, I and and all the whole time just flaunting those cowboy boots left yeah, and right. He, he's got those cowboy boots up, and he, he keeps and them on in bed too. Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> so yeah, as a true cowboy does, and uh, and so he gets her to. You know, he's trying to sweet talk her and she gets up and walks over to one of her guys and she says, I want you to investigate this guy because he gives her his business card and she walks back over and he's like, well, you know, uh, why don't we go to dinner? And uh, and and I, I think that she's I think she says something she, like uh, she's like, where are you staying? And because I, I just I literally just watched this like an hour ago. She's like, <laughs> she's like, where are you staying? He's like, oh, the ho-, you know, he said some hotel. And she's like, do they got room service? And he's like, all right. He just basically he just stands up. He's like, let's do it. And yeah. uh, and I love the part where he's like, my limousine's outside. And she's like, so is mine. He's like, well, I bet mine's bigger. Yeah. He goes, oh, I bet mine's bigger than yours. <laughs> <laughs> And scene. And scene. <laughs> from there, we cut to a grocery store in Big J. Big Big J is at the grocery store. <laughs> Big, Big J's head. I love. Uh, <laughs> I love seeing all the fashion, like all the clothes oh, dude, and everything. So all the fucking uh, like the, the the cover of Cosmo that you see right there. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god! Like just straight up, like 1984. I was like, oh Classic wow, 80s. this is this is amazing. This is absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah. What? Where some films? Some films that are on a suit. Uh, where where some films that are on a shoestring budget have to abstain from using products, I guess this movie didn't uh, it, it's like product in full effect and which is, which is great because it just adds to the realism of the film or the, mm-hmm. or the zaniness. Jason's walking up and down the aisles and he sees a little kid eating the stuff and he flips out and he like smacks the smacks the stuff cup out of the kid's hand and this is hilarious and i love cuz when he goes running like off at first right in the same like sort of aisle that he smacks the stuff out of that kid's hand he runs into like a, a display box of cereal <laughs> yeah. the exact same way like with his legs the exact same way that uh lewis tully in or ghostbusters um rick Moranis's <laughs> character lewis tully when he basically growls at the horse and then runs away and, and kind of smashes through the those guys uh boom box yeah. it is like his legs are moving this kid ran through that box of cereal the exact same way i was like what is happening and then and then proceeds to get chased down by like five guys in in a, in a grocery store well understandably so because he's not just knocking shit off the shelves he's breaking the glass of the uh refrigerator units and or the the, the frozen food area he's destroying everything in this grocery store it is supermarket sweep Texas Chainsaw Massacre style. Like, he is just destroying it. But he's and, also, like, a nine-year-old boy. Why yeah, does it take, nine. like, four guys yeah. to tackle him? Yeah, so at this point, it yeah, and one of them is Eric Bogosian, uh, which is great. And, and I'm like, holy shit, it's Eric, Eric Bogosian. That's awesome. Uh, and, <laughs> you, and, you keep saying that. I still have no clue. <laughs> if, if you look him up. If, if I'm look sure up, I know. I just, I just think it's funny because, like, you keep, I hear the enthusiasm <laughs> in your voice, and I'm just like, yeah, no clue. <laughs> no, but see, this is how my brain works. People would be like, who the fuck are you talking? About. I'm like the guy from the movie, da, da, yeah. da, 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 da. and then people are like, "You got a weird way of you got a weird catalog in your brain, dude." Like <laughs> people go, "Oh, Christian Bale." I go, "No, no, no." Bogosian, yeah, Eric Bogosian, right? <laughs> so, so they ta- they tackle Jason, and Jason's like, "It's gonna kill you! It's gonna kill you all!" He's screaming out. 
Cut to the next scene <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Moe's at a guy's house, uh, Danny Aiello's house, who plays yeah. Vickers, and knocks on the door, and he's pretending now to be... He's kind of like, in a way, Moe is kind of like Fletch. Uh, I knew you were going to go there. I was waiting. I was like, I was mouthing the word uh, as you were reaching for it. <laughs> oh, really? Nice. Yeah, because he's assuming all these identities, and he's not really changing his identity. He's just calling himself these different things, and he's kind of going by the same name, which is funny. But now he's oh, pretending yeah, he just to... says he works for like different places. Yeah, and I guess this is at a time when you didn't. It took a little longer to investigate whether somebody where someone's from. <laughs> yeah, because because nowadays Danny Aiello's character could just be like, "Hold on, let me go on LinkedIn real quick and verify, you know, that you work at this place." <laughs> yeah, back then yeah. you had to take people's word for it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he shows up at Vicker's house and he's pretending to be from Consumer Magazine. And uh, and then Vickers is from the uh, Vickers is with the government was from the government. Right. And he's asking about uh, he was from the FDA. That's that's what he used to be a part of. And he was asking why the stuff got approved. And Vickers is basically saying, you know, uh, if, if it's if it's not. If, if it's not if there's no reason to refuse it to the public, like it's not dangerous, then it just automatically gets approved. Something yeah. to that effect. Yeah, well, he, he's, yeah, yeah, exactly. And and, and it's, he's like, he and even says, it's like, look, it's it's a dessert. It's not, you know, it's not medicine or something, implying yeah. that they don't have to be astringent on their policies and everything. Yeah, and as he's doing this, uh, it's really funny because it's like Larry Cohen that day decided to, to try a new camera technique. And he's panning the camp, like the camera doesn't stop moving it's like going zooming in and it's panning to the left and it's panning to the right there's a lot of movement going on for two dudes that are sitting on a couch having a conversation uh which is pretty hilarious actually because i'm like when's the camera gonna stop moving anyways it's probably um, moving so much to make the scene more interesting probably but it but it it, it's a very short scene and it's effective uh oh when he walks in and this is the other reason why i was reminded of fletch um Vickers has a dog, like a Doberman Pinscher, and he's like, oh, he's a cute dog. Oh, I like your dog there. Yeah. And and uh, the dog eats the stuff as well. He's like, oh, the dog eats the stuff? He's, and, and Vickers is like, oh, yeah, we love the stuff. You know, this is, this is great stuff, right? And, <laughs> that, so, and that dog was gorgeous, by the way. I, I yeah, was like, was. oh, man, that's a beautiful dog. And that dog had some big balls on it, it too, by the way. <laughs> it reminded me of the Doberman in Fletch as well. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, shit, no, no, a- I, I get it, but I... But I liked how uh, Mo was like all chummy with the dogs, like "Hey there, buddy," and yeah. you know I, I like that. I thought it was a fun little character affect that he would, you know, actually be sort of charming to the dog as well. I totally agree. So, <laughs> man, so. Dude, I did not expect this to be like, but I think we're getting it. I think we're slowly getting it. I don't know; it could be annoying. I don't know, but I think we're getting there. No, I think it's funny. And if I love people it. Don't then you know? People, come on, come on, come on. And now, and now up, I'm everybody. like, and now I'm addicted to talking like him. So <laughs> I love it. it. Hey, you know, it puts a little a lighter step in your let let a little bit of lightness in your step. That's so, right. Uh, That's right. From so Vickers is explaining that uh, you know everybody, all the chemists on the who made the stuff are missing or, or they're dead or they're out. And then, uh, and then Mo is like, well, where, where was it tested? And he said, well, in Virginia. And so he's like, Oh, I got to get down to Virginia. And he's asking for any information he has. And, and, uh, Vickers is like, Oh yeah, I'll go, I'll go get it for you. I'll go get the information. Cause whatever Mo did to sweet talk him, it worked. Cause Vickers is like on his dick. Basically. He's like, Oh, can I get you something else? You know, do you want some stuff? He's like, no, no. 
Uh, no, I'm good. Thank you, though. And then so Vickers goes to go upstairs to get the files for Mo. And as he does, the dog's barking at Danny at Vickers' character. And Daniella looks so fucking terrified. Like, the way yeah. he walks out of the room, it's such an awkward moment. Cause he's, he's like, oh, don't don't hurt me now. Like, he's, like, yeah. terrified of his dog. Yeah, right? and, and even Mo says that when he leaves. He's like, now, why is he so scared of you? <laughs> exactly. And so uh, Mo gets what he wants, and he leaves. And after that, uh, Vickers is, like, looking at the dog, and the dog's barking. He's like, oh, do you, I got, I'll get you a treat. I'll get you a treat. I'll get you some, I'll get you some stuff, right? And they cut from there. We'll get back to Vickers in a second. And yeah, in a second. <laughs> Literally in like uh, less than a minute. Because uh, we, we really, really need to, to hone in on... Uh, we're going to this little stuff shop, right? Yes. Yeah, and... Uh... <laughs> yeah, so it immediately cuts to like barely 2.30 in the morning <laughs> where Mo I... is sitting in his car across from a what looks like a dairy queen, but it's actually a stuff queen. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the the first lady with her kid that kind of like was in line and sort of walks past the camera? She had the craziest eyebrows I've ever seen no, and the worst no, haircut <laughs> that I've ever seen. This this movie was just like wall to wall bananas. Like I'm just like yeah. every scene. I'm like if you just look at it like like as its own like thing. Every single scene has something absolutely bonkers insane about it, and and it's, it could be just anywhere from some lady's weird rasp be voice to to you know something else but they're all insanely weird but yeah. then also very very like interesting and 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 intriguing because oh, yeah. of it yeah totally agree like there's so many quirky characters in this you know and that, that was what what i loved about the 80s no one had it wasn't about having a perfect smile or the botox face or you know perfect hair there were flaws on everybody. And and this goes back to Mo being a badass. He's a guy with a toupee and with like lighter kind of affect to the way he speaks. And you're like, this guy's fucking cool, man. Like I dig this guy. You yeah. Know? And, and immediately. Not even, a, not even a good toupee. That's like if you've never seen this movie, that's the insane part. It's his toupee is fucking terrible. <laughs> and yet and yet and yet. He's still landing the girls, and yet yeah. I have a huge fucking man crush on him because yeah, he's so, so fucking cool in this movie. Yeah, he's great. He's great. So I knew this scene was going to take longer to explain than actually the scene in the movie. <laughs> but, yeah, it's 2.30 in the morning, and and he's like, well, why is so many people here at 2.30 in the morning? Hmm. And then they cut immediately back to Vickers' house, and Vickers is on the ground uh, underneath like a like a desk or something and the dog is his dog is barking at him ben and uh and and and, he, and vickers is freaking out going ben i'll buy you more i'll buy you more stuff and after right after he says that they cut to the dog and it's, it's a terrible piece of effects uh special effects it doesn't matter though the dog's mouth is opening kind of a la the thing style and there's a shit ton of stuff like flowing out of his mouth or just like sitting on his tongue <laughs> yeah yeah and then, and then it then, yeah and, and then, then it, it leans goes in ba- and we go ahead. I was just gonna say, yeah. And then it leans in and does the the the, the kiss or whatever the stuff kiss. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then it look the dog looks totally normal at that point. It's really fucking funny. But, it's almost, it's like 
it's like when you get stock footage and you throw the stock footage in there. It just doesn't match up, but it, it's great. Yeah, and and I felt like of everything in this entire movie that I could sort of deal with, this was the one thing that I was really sort of like, why was this in here? Like, why even yeah. like Danny Danny Aiello? Um, I like was the dog in control? Like, in knowing moving forward, it was you know it was put, it was put it's putting the stuff into Danny Aiello, so. Danny Aiello's character Vickers is also eating the stuff, but is the dog more stuff than him at that point? And it, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I guess I, I didn't quite get the the movie logic as to what was happening there. He's more of a stuffy than his than his master is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so the dog, I guess, because it's smaller and everything, it was like, I guess, what? So Danny Aiello wasn't completely taken over at that point no. um because it, it, it slowly does it from i guess from the inside and everything yeah. and so his dog was more taken over by that and so the dog basically uh did the whole stuff extraction and 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 right am i getting it right is that is yeah. that like oh, what yeah. happened basically i i think i that that makes sense to me i mean okay. <laughs> there, that, that scene was was really kind of somewhat meaningless other than to show a little bit of derangement. Like I don't even think they needed to show the actual stuff coming out of the dog's mouth. Um, that it almost like gave a little too much away at that point. You're like, Whoa, 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 pull this back a little bit. Uh, the stuff manipulates your face and then does something else. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt like that was that of everything. This one was kind of padded, like putting in yeah. for padding and everything. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. It didn't, didn't need to be in there, but it was just, odd scene nevertheless um and then from there mo is now at a gas station in stater virginia stater virginia is where is where the original stuff kind of kind of uh, the stuff plant originally was like it was yeah. manufactured right yeah and, and and i this little town here first off this little dead town i got vibes of phantasm from that oh dude totally i love that shit i love that was my favorite thing about phantasm the idea that there's these little towns that are just dead that you could just stumble ac- upon you know it doesn't work nowadays with the internet and everything but back in the 80s it was a, a very cool concept and i got shades of that here um yeah. i did also enjoy I'm, I'm, I think that the movie was mostly shot in like New York and whatnot. Um, it looked like Virginia to me. Uh, and as someone who grew up in Virginia, it definitely looked like Virginia, or you could just say it definitely has that East coast look regardless. I was just happy that it wasn't, you know, freaking the Valley in LA trying to look like, like East coast. That's, that's what I hate more than anything is when, when, you know, filmmakers are in California trying to make California look like East coast. Cause it ain't the, the topography is different. The, yeah. the trees and the grass, it's all different. And at least this year, it felt like Virginia, even if it was, you know, Georgia or Savannah. I don't even know where they filmed it. Um, yeah. But it felt East Coast. Yeah, it looks like just a small little East Coast southern town. And uh, and he's talking to the gas station attendant. Uh, and and he's asking him. He sees a car across the street from the gas station asking if the gas, the gas guy knows anything about that car. The guy's like, nope. And uh, and so Mo starts to walk over to can, the car. Can, can I can I really quick uh, interject yes, something that I please. loved? Yes. Uh, first off, Mo goes fill her up, 
And uh, so then the gas station attendants, you know, he's being all cool. But then the gas station attendant starts like, hey, man, aren't you going to go in the, the bathroom? Because he talks about cleaning, like making a new bathroom or something like putting a new towel in there or something like that. Yeah. And uh, anyways, being a dick, he was just a dick. And I love how Mo just like looks him up and down and he goes, cut that off at $20. Like, you know what I mean? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, like you didn't even say you were a dick. You were just like, oh, you're not getting a, a full a fill, a fill up now because you're being. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just I loved his subtly like, oh. You're a dick. Fuck you. You're only getting twenty dollars out of me. I, I don't know. I loved that about that scene for some reason. Yeah. And in in I guess because it kind of I guess I kind of missed it on my first viewing and I picked up on it on my on the second viewing today and I was like, oh, that was just that was just slick. That was a slick little fuck you back. Yeah, he doesn't take no shit. Mo no. don't take no shit. And then that's what that's what I dude. I'm telling. I can't even. I can't even. I love. <laughs> I love Mo. I, I don't know if I love Michael Moriarty, but I, I love Mo. Yeah, no, it, it's it's really the character because he he the other movies he's been in were Q. He's not as likable in Q. He's a little more annoying in Q, uh, in my opinion. But uh, but anyways, Mo Mo starts walking over to the the random car that he sees across the street. And the gas station attendant runs off, which is kind of odd, <laughs> into the bushes. <laughs> into the bushes. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Mo walks over to the car, and out of nowhere, Chocolate Chip Charlie jumps on top of Mo, karate style. And they start beating <laughs> the shit out of each other. Like, they're just beating the shit out of it. It's like a full-on fist fight. And then Mo asks him while they're fighting, like, why he's there. And then Chocolate Chip Charlie's like, you know, I'm here to checking out the stuff he's like oh well we both are and suddenly they're like best buddies yeah yeah well, like it was actually friends. mo recognized him as uh as Char- he's like, hey, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. chip charlie um right. but yeah it won't like but once they once they stop fighting and realize that they're sort of on the same side yeah man their chemistry together was just fan fucking tastic oh it's so great it's so great and it it it, it, it leads to a bummer scene in the end of the movie in yeah. my opinion but uh yeah, they've got great chemistry, and Chocolate Chip Charlie's, you know, says like, the town's dried up. I called him C three because I, I kept writing down in my notes. I'm like, I'm not gonna write Chocolate Chip Charlie down the whole time. I'm just writing <laughs> C cubed. Uh, <laughs> Good ones. So, so, uh, so the town is. Yeah, he says the town's dried up, and says all the executives and everyone in town moved to Midland, Georgia, and so, uh, Moe's like, well, is there a post office in town? And, and and C three is like yeah let's it's right over here it's like well let's go check that out let's go see where the mo- mail's getting forwarded to, and so they walk to the to the little trading post or whatever you call it, general store, and which is like a dump by the way they walk in this you know old school general store and there's just shit everywhere and they're talking to the the uh, the guy at the at the counter who's also the postman. And yet, that guy has like a, a weird inflection. He yeah. it's not a stammer, like he doesn't like like stutter, but he like does a weird voice tick or something. Um, yeah, it's this yeah, weird, but it like... wasn't it wasn't bad. Again, I was like it 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 was something that could like he could have just been they could have just cast like a normal guy there with no weird affect or you know uh you know larry cohen told him to to do that i don't know but but the choices that they made 
made the scene more interesting. And I think yeah. that that is the entire movie. It's like, it's like, well, if you're going to have a low budget, then spend all your money on these actors who can do these, just these fun and have, get these like fun, crazy bonkers performances out of them. Because yeah. without all of that, this would be a terrible fucking movie without oh, yeah. the insane performances that we have in it. Yeah, you've got it. This has grade A quality acting in it because it, it and it needs that, and it needs that for sure. Um, so they're kind of looking at the the postman a little, you know, side eyed, like, "What's up with this guy?" Then his stomach growls, and he's like, "Oh, excuse me," and he gets up and leaves, walks in the at the back of the store, and then Mo and uh, Chocolate Charlie, <laughs> Chocolate Chip Charlie say, uh, "They say we ought to go after them." And, uh, and they're like, well, we should hit him over the head and throw him in the trunk of the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this exchange was fantastic because, like, Moe's like, he's like, well, I run a high-tech operation here. And Tra- Charlie's like, well, I can bop him over the head. And Moe's like, I'm listening. You know, I love how he's like, he's like, okay. He's like, he goes with it. I don't know, man. It was just, it's, it's such a fun, like, flowing dialogue scene between the two of them. They, they just, I don't know, man. They just had, the, they just had a great chemistry together it was it was a shame that that chocolate chip charlie and mo their dynamic was kind of short-lived in this movie yeah because because from uh chocolate chip charlie says he's like my hands are are considered lethal weapons in the state of georgia and uh and so he walks over to the door where the the postman uh went into and he like does a karate chop into the the glass window to punch a hole in it to open up the door and at the same time you see like this trail of stuff flowing like down a hallway and then you cut to the uh the the postman on the ground and like looking all like he's he looks like is all like open he it almost it almost kind of reminds me of in um shit uh uh the ring and the U.S. version, when they have, when they find that girl in the closet, and her, yeah. and her, she's all like, her mouth's all weird or whatever. It kind of reminded me of that a little bit. I like liked terrif- it. I, huh? Yeah, she's like terrified. Yeah, I, I like the, the like the stuff stuff in this movie like the the stuff with the mouth i wish there was more you know like in a little bit when we we get to the fight scene where he punches a guy's face off and stuff <laughs> i like that kind of stuff I, I i wish it was more in this i, I actually i wish what we saw in the poster was in it with the the, the stuff coming out of the a person's eyes i wish yeah. we saw that a part of me says this movie would be perfect for a remake but then after my second viewing i thought no I think they should do a uh, uh, like a a sequel that takes place now, but don't negate this movie. You know what I mean? Like actually yeah, have dude. it be a sequel. But I want it. I kind of w- still am sort of left wanting to see some of the more intense stuff that you saw in the artwork, uh, yeah. like like that old VHS cover that I was referring to earlier. You don't see anything like that here. Um, and then the other movie poster that they u- that they kind of had, which was like the person with the, the, the stuff coming out of their eyes and their mouth and everything. You don't see anything like that here either. Um, I wish you saw both of those. But what you do see in the movie, I do enjoy. I As cheesy as some of the effects are, I thought they were very um, effective. And, oh, yeah. and, and I, I liked it. It's cheesy in like a 1950s kind of way. Yeah, uh, it, you could. It's 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 just like again, it's very fun, you know. Uh, and 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 I going back to the postman. I thought he was dead at that point because uh, I hadn't seen this movie in a while. 
I hadn't seen this movie in a while, so I thought, wait a minute, is he dead? No, he's not dead. We're going to find out what happened to him in a moment. So cut to Mo and Charlie. Uh, suddenly, like, there's random dudes out of nowhere. Oh, because they go, they, they go out the window. They're trying to chase after the stuff. Yeah, they're chasing after the stuff, and they go out the window, and then, like, all these random dudes show up, start chasing them. And they're running down, like, a street to a little a little bit of a, uh, like, a like a river or a, 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 yeah, like a little river. Yeah. And there's a boat in the river, and they jump in the boat. Well, as they're, as they're going to the boat, they start having to battle the dudes. And Mo punches one of the guys, and his fucking head just splits open. Mm-hmm. A la, like, like, uh... Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's yeah. like it's just like an empty shell of a head. It just fucking caves his head in. Yeah, it's that is my that was my favorite effect. And then like Chocolate Chip Charlie like hits some guy in the neck, and then just like white you know stuff starts spraying out. So you get the idea yeah. that now these people are just essentially hollowed out from the inside and it's just stuff on the inside sort of controlling them. I I thought that was cool as shit. Yeah, it was great. It's a great scene. And, um, and, and then you, they get in the boat and kind of take off from there. And then the postman you find out is not dead. He sits up and he just starts eating more stuff. Or uh, I get, yeah. Cause it kind of, it implies that, uh, the stuff left his body to go do things, and yeah. then it can kind of come back into your body afterwards. But I think at that point, you're you're <laughs> just dead. At that point, you're just dead. Yeah, you're dead. <laughs> so, so after that, you cut to the next day, and Mo and C three head to a diner, and uh, he he asks if the the if the diner has any cookies, and she's like, yeah, they're homemade. They're the best in town or something like that. And, and then, um, and then Mo says, well, is any, anyone have any stuff stuff? And he says it all loud and everyone sort of like, it has like the whole like record player screech scratch sort yeah. of moment. You know, it's like the scene in uh Pee Wee's big adventure when he's like, you know, large Marge sent me. So yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> everyone stops. Yeah. Stops what they're doing, sits up and waitress just looks at him really like matter of fact and goes, I wish we've been out of stock for weeks or something like that. And, uh, and then he tells Mo tells, uh, C3 to go to the, go to the FBI. They're going to split up now. And he wants him to find Frank Herbert at the FBI, <laughs> which I find funny because Frank Herbert is who that's a, that's a reference to the writer of Dune, which is like super random. Yeah. Like, I was like, I guess when I heard that, I was, I think my ears perked up and I was like, is he re- and then I saw an IMDb yeah that was like oh and then there's a reference I'm like well, fun but, fact but but why <laughs> but yeah, yeah. why you <laughs> would think it would be like the reference maybe to like the director of the original blob or something like you know like why yeah the blob dude? or invasion of the body snatchers you know like uh, in in the original in the in the seventy eight remake of the body snatchers yeah. uh, Kevin McCarthy reprises his scene you know where he bangs on the taxi he's like they're all gonna get us or whatever you know it's like. Do something like okay, yeah. whatever. Yeah, no, uh, Frank, I, I Frank Herbert, sure. Dude. Okay, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but I, I do, I do like how Moe's like to to Chocolate Chip Charlie. He's like, remember where you are. Yeah, and I love, like, I love that. Yeah, yeah, and I like that because Charlie kind of just sort of scoffs him off a little bit. You know, I mean, I know Charlie's aware of the danger, but I don't. He's clearly not as aware as Mo. No, he's not. And then uh, what's funny after this is Mo asks a trucker for a ride. 
And the trucker's like, sure, I can give you a ride. And he's like, is your friend coming too? And he's like, no, he's going to stay here. Something like <laughs> yeah. that. And uh, yeah, and then he says, yeah, Charlie, remember where you are, which is great. And then it cuts to the waitress uh, going to the freezer. And she opens up her freezer and there's cases of the stuff everywhere. So they, they clearly are like, they know that Mo and Charlie are not to be trusted. From there, you cut back to New York City. And I love it. Like, there's a billboard in New York City with a giant stuff logo, which is awesome. Do you think and that was a matte painting? No, that looked legit. Like, they, that looked like they put up a real billboard. And Larry Cohen is a, again, he's a trip because he's able to get shit done. Where you're like, how the hell did you do that, man? Like, he just, he must know a shit ton of people, you know? Well, and the funny thing is, he even said in the documentary, he's like, he's like, I don't know. He's like, people always say that, that I'm a, like a hard to work with and, and, you know, they, they hate working with me, but then I had my next movie. They all want to be on it. Like they all like, like hit me up and they're like, so I'm like, he's like, he's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't well, know. Well, you but know, he's I, just like, I'm aware that people say that I'm difficult, but people like to work with me. So I don't know. I asked Eric Roberts about that when I interviewed him for $2 Lafey. <laughs> and, uh, and he he loved Larry Cohen, loved Larry That's cool. Cohen. And That's he said, cool. Larry Cohen is such a fan of filmmaking. Like he's such a fun. And he said, but at the same time, he said it was the da- most dangerous movie he ever made that, for, for a couple of scenes he did. That so, makes sense. I mean, from, from what I understand about Larry Cohen, that makes sense. So maybe if he doesn't understand why, maybe he's putting people's lives in danger uh, and then doesn't, but isn't aware of that. doesn't mean he's a bad guy. It just means he's kind of a radical filmmaker. You know? He he made a couple uh, like implications that, that, it, that uh, some of the shoots on Q were not that safe, uh, especially <laughs> up on the empire state building or, or wherever it was. Um, but he was like, but we got the shots. Hey, look, Warner Herzog, people say the same shit about Warner Herzog and Warner Herzog is considered one of the greatest directors uh, in cinema. So, uh, well, from in my case, all I know is bounty hunting is a complicated profession. <laughs> I know Warner Herzog from The Mandalorian. <laughs> You're not you have to clarify right now that that's not the only place, you know, Warner Herzog from. <laughs> That is the only place I know Warner Herzog from. Dude, we need to rectify <laughs> no, that shit. Stat. I've seen the Seventh Seal. <laughs> you didn't do the Seventh Seal? Oh it's shit, win, he win. didn't. No, I thought he was the Seventh Seal. Didn't he do no, the Seventh dude. Seal? Seventh Seal is like that's German, first of all. So is Warner Herzog. Is Warner, first yeah, of yeah, all. yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. No, Seventh Seal. Seventh Seal is not Warner Herzog. Seventh uh, Warner Herzog did. Fitzcarraldo and Aguirre Wrath of God and um, oh God, uh, you know, documentaries and um, Count the Grizzly oh, Man. Oh, damn it. Ingmar Ingr- 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 Bergman. Bergman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think, yeah, and Max von Sydow. Oh, and yeah. no, Nosferatu which, with Klaus Kinski. Like, he worked with Klaus Kinski all the time. Great, yeah. great fucking, great, great guy, great guy, yeah. great guy. Yeah, and he's fucking great in The Mandalorian, so there you he, go. Well, he is, he is. No, I'm going to say <laughs> he did have a good turn in that. But we're going to rectify that shit. It's not going to be a podcasting after dark movie, but we're going to fix that. Um, okay, so anyways, back to New York City. Stuff's on billboards. There's vendors on the street. Hot dog, hot dog salesmen selling fucking stuff. <laughs> and, and... They, uh, fucking Mo, Mo, um, Mo's there and, and, uh, 
on the streets and the vendor spots him, pulls a walkie talkie out of her, out of her uh, <laughs> little hot dog cart and says, you know, he's here. And right after that, he almost gets hit by a car. Yeah. Like a, by a, or by a, actually by a, uh, like a good humor truck, but with stuff like it was, it's, it's like, looks like a good humor truck, but it's branded with stuff. And I was like, man, that was a very like complicated, like you had to really have that set up to, to try to pull off this assassination attempt. This was, um, only one of the few, like this and the Danny Aiello scene are like just a few, like, "Mm, wasn't quite feeling the need for this little thing does not in any way detract it. But at the same time, I was like, okay, it's a little bit, this, is a little bit of a stretch this this one little part but it's only like it's only literally like like 60 seconds long this scene yeah they're they're they're, it's a throwaway scene but it leads to mo going to the stuff distributor fletcher uh he's in his he's in his office and uh fletcher you know is is this is kind of an asshole businessman and and uh and he's like oh i'm sorry that stater didn't do uh, too friendly by you or something to that effect. Like, I'm sorry that stater stater was kind of a dump. And, uh, and, and then Mo Mo's like, are, are you on it? Are you on the stuff? Are, are you on it? And Fletcher's like, no, I, I, I can't. My doctor, my doctor wouldn't allow it. And, uh, and it's, it's interesting in, in this movie that the high, high ups, like the people that are sort of in charge of the money and stuff are not the ones they don't eat it. You know, it's kind of like cigarettes, Right, like I think, like the 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 high ups, or pharmaceuticals, or pharmaceuticals. It's like usually, it's like the idea is that these are the guys that are in charge. They know what's in it, and yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna smoke the cigarettes. They're not gonna eat the crap because then they know it kills you. But yet they want to make the money off of it. I think it was a very planned. It was it was very thought out that this character would not eat the stuff. Basically, look, I just watched the uh, documentary on Netflix called um, The Pharmacist. Mm. And then it talks about Oxycontin, mm. how addictive it was, is, is, and the fucking family that owns or owned uh, Oxycontin, the patent on it and everything, it looked just like this guy. It's the yeah. same deal. Yeah. It's yeah. totally like, and they don't give a shit. They just want to make money. It's all about money. And, th- and that's how Fletcher is. Uh, you know, he was he even said like the people that, the people that discovered the, the stuff originally were already addicted to it. And, uh. And uh, and, and, then, it, and they were looking like to basically expand. There's something that I find very interesting in this movie that that I would love to even get deeper into, which is the biology of the stuff and yeah. the fact that like it controls you and then makes you sort of want to to propagate it. I guess yeah. it makes you. It's sort of and I think there are examples of this in the animal kingdom i think there are viruses and stuff that that sort of force the the animal to to do a thing that gets it that gets eaten you know i think it's like there's a a zombie ant thing where like this bacteria gets into your into an ant forces it to crawl to the top of a of a leaf it gets eaten by a bird the bird shits it out and that's how basically the 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 the, not the virus, but the bacteria, the fungus, whatever it is that made that ant become a zombie, that's how it 
moves around is yeah. you know and, and i mean that's that's why fruit is so tasty because it is it wants you to eat it and then shit the seeds out somewhere else and that's how it you know gets around essentially yeah. and I, I like that concept i like the idea that the stuff has this like it makes you want to make other people want it and eat it. It's, it's you know, there's something there that I find very, very intriguing. They didn't, you know, it didn't get completely fleshed out because because of, of budget constraints and stuff, I imagine. Um, and not that and not knowing this stuff doesn't detract from the enjoyment of the movie. But I just I'm aware that there's something more there that I think is really, really cool. Well, the dad will have a moment. Jason's asshole father in a moment will have a little bit of a cool explanation yeah. as to that. Um, but we're, we're going to get to that in a second. But, but it's funny with Fletcher, uh, the, the, the Mo and Fletcher have this kind of back and forth where Fletcher is, uh, is just kind of trying to justify why the business is okay. And Mo, out of nowhere, Mo's like, I'm going to shut you down. I'm going to shut you down. And Fletcher goes... He goes, no way. You're you're a rogue. You're a crook. You're trying to screw the competition. And then Mo says, well, I could always kill you. And then he Fletcher looks at him and goes, or you could work for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a funny fucking moment because you're like, this guy just threatened you. He threatened your life. And now you want to hire him. But that's, and- that's one thing that I always... <laughs> like about big powerful guys i i do always like that he's like or oh, you could just come work for me you know yeah, like what yeah, a, i love what that a, i always i do think that that's there's something fun about that idea is that you have so much power that if someone's like i'm here to kill you it's like okay or or i can pay you more and you can work for me <laughs> or or you could have sex with me <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's usually how it works too <laughs> or or so yeah, so uh, Fletch Fletch tries to pay him off uh, with some money, and he's like, he tries to give him an envelope, and he's like, oh, are those those thousand dollar bills in there, or something like that? And he's like, yes, they are. And he's like, I, I bet there's about twenty five of them, right? <laughs> yeah, and I love he takes the money. Yeah, I love he how does. Mo takes the money, and it's like he he also Fletcher also gives him like a contract, you know, to yeah. basically come work for me, and Mo just, just takes it all. He's like, sure, but it's yeah. like he takes the cash. Doesn't have a problem with that. Yeah, and then uh, and then uh, and then uh, Fletcher's like, you know, wants to give him some stuff, and he's like, I don't want to eat that. Save that for the stuffies. <laughs> stuffies, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, cue the fucking quote stuffies. There we go. From there, we're with uh, Moe's with Nicole, Miss Kendall, <laughs> and and Nicole's rock hard nipples. <laughs> yes, and. She- and they're on their way to the lab. Uh, <laughs> and by they, you mean her rock hard nipples. <laughs> and so she's like, she's having a meltdown because it's basically implied that she just found out what this shit can do to people. Yeah. And I felt and like, we, like we missed yeah. a little bit of a scene here. I felt like, but yeah, you get the gist that she's upset by, by what happened. Yeah, and and that's cool. Like it, it speaks to her integrity, and uh, and you know she, the fact that she she's she's a uh, what do you she call cares. that? She cares. She's up, she, a, she yeah. She cares that she that she did this. Like unlike yeah. today, and I think if you probably would have made the movie today, you know, I think everyone always assumes that like the 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 Hollywood people are always like, oh, I don't give a shit. But in in her case, she actually did care, and I I, I liked that. That was something I very much enjoyed about the film. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And and it's a cool this is a quick little scene, but it's a it's a cool little scene because if they go in there and 
uh, they go, they're talking to the scientist and, uh, and then he, he's like, Oh, have you seen this? And he shows the newspaper to, to Mo. And on the front page of the newspaper, it shows Jason, you know, getting arrested for trashing this grocery store. And he's like, Oh, I got to go check that out. And he basically ditches Nicole. He tells her to meet her, meet him at the airport. And then he gives her a big old kiss. And I'm like, Whoa, 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 wait, Whoa, they're already they're already there. They're already yeah. kissing each other. Yeah, they're already there, baby. And it's kind of weird though because they have a moment later where they're a little less affectionate, and you're like, yeah, they maybe it's it's a little all over the place. You're like, wait, we missed yeah. something here. Yeah, no, I I cued in on like in when they're in bed at the the motel later. I'm like, man, they're already like like way past the honeymoon period now. Like he's in bed reading, she's asleep. Like yeah, it was their yeah, their yeah, love affair. I, I felt like here's the thing. Here's 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 what I felt. I felt like their like love affair, how they fell in love. All of that happened off screen. So like everything yeah. we see on screen, they're already like past it, you know, yeah. and, and their, their entire sort of like courtship and everything that happened like off screen and for better or worse, I guess we don't, didn't really need to see it, but yeah, that it's, it's a very economic way of doing it. They just basically Eric Cohen, Larry Cohen just cut to the chase essentially. Yeah. Yeah, and it's fine. It's funny, though, because I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, did we miss something? And that happens quite a bit in this where I'm like, wait, what What just What just happened here? But again, this is not the kind of movie where you sit down and you go, hmm, there's a major continuity issue there. No, these are this is a perfect sit down party movie with your buddies getting drunk, just laughing your ass off. That this is this that's what this movie is. This movie is not the movie that's going to get an article written about it in the fucking LA Times saying how great it is when it's not really that great of a movie, you know? This is like this is just a cheese ball movie they would have shown at New Beverly Cinema, which I think they actually did. They did a Larry Cohen tribute night, uh which would have been fucking awesome by the way. But anyways, back to <laughs> and- the stuff. And to, and to that regard, uh, knowing that I was going to watch this movie twice, the first time that I watched it with my wife, we were very high and drunk when we saw it. And uh, it's a great way to experience. Just let this insane, bonkers movie just wash over you and don't like try to like think about it too hard and you will have a great fucking time. So I think I, I, think I liked having that sort of primer going yeah. into it because I'm just sitting here like, this movie's bonkers. Like every second I'm like looking at my wife like, this movie's bonkers. Bonkers. And she's like, I know, but like, we're both like smiling about it. Like, you know, like, and we're yeah. both like, I know. And then we look back and we're like, we don't understand what's happening. We don't care. You know, it's like, cause it's so much fun. This movie is literally the definition of so bad. It's good. When, when people yes. say cult movies, it's so bad. It's good. This is the movie they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. That's like one of the reasons why I picked it. Cause I'm like, I just want us to escape into silliness, you know, and, and we did. <laughs> and this is chock full of that. <clears throat> On and, scene, scene and, 15 of 40. <laughs> 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 so, so uh, from there you cut immediately to another stuff commercial, which is great. And you're at, then you're at Jason's house and, uh, and he's banging like a baseball or he's banging a ball on, on the, uh, he's upstairs in his room and he's banging a ball on the floor just trying to get like attention. Yeah, he's and all pissed because he's grounded. Because he's grounded. Because he won't eat for, the stuff. Grounded for life. Because yeah, he won't eat the stuff. And he goes downstairs, and his brother's playing video games. I'm like, oh, that's a sweet Atari game. I forget what game it was. Z- Zaxxon. Oh yeah, Zaxxon. Hell yeah, dude. Zaxxon's fucking great. Anyways, uh, 
he goes downstairs and he walks into the kitchen and all the food in the house, like the fresh food is in the trash and his bro is still playing Atari and everyone's eating stuff, everyone's watching eating, him play. It, watching him play. I've never had that happen in my life. I've never had like my parents watch me play my, like, my mom Nintendo did. or Atari or something. My mom tried to, she took interest in it. She tried to show interest by like, you know, trying to get involved with what I was doing, which is, that's always sweet, you know? Uh, and, and then, you know, everyone's eating it. And Jason's like, you know, there's something alive in there. This is a cool moment with his asshole dad. Cause his dad's like, well, all food has something alive in it. And he starts explaining kind of what you did earlier, you know, that everything has living organisms inside it. And he's like, what's inside the stuff that kills the bad things inside us. Yeah. And, uh, and he, his dad orders, um, his brother to get Jason to eat the stuff. And he gives, they give him a cup of the stuff and the parents are like sitting there watch, getting, watching him get ready to eat it. And he's like, he takes it upstairs with him. You know, you can't, you're not going to leave your room until you eat every single bite of this stuff. So he goes upstairs and it's really fucking funny because they don't even watch him go up the stairs. And I knew exactly where he was going. Even if I had never seen this, he walked straight into the bathroom, which has a Motley Crue poster (laughs) hanging on the wall, by the way. I'm like, that's a pretty cool family. Let your kid put a Motley Crue poster on their bathroom wall. Yeah. And, and a return of the Jedi shower curtain. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. So he, he uh, flushes the, he throws the stuff down the toilet, but then it starts to try to climb its way out, which is actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I, I really creepy. I actually jumped when when the water sort of sprayed up. And I was like, oh, Larry Cohen, you got me on that one. But yeah, I I agree. I liked this a lot. Everything that I like, everything in this movie that I enjoyed, my only gripe is I just wanted to see more of it. Yeah, I agree. And and again, I think they were dealing with budget issues, special effects wise, you know, but this this that little quick moment's a it's a sweet little moment and yeah. um and he fills his stuff cup up with uh shaving cream and, which is disgusting and yeah. he goes downstairs it's and like that'll make you throw up kid yeah <laughs> spoiler alert it does and you know it's funny because he he fills it up to the brim and you think he would have like put it halfway in to show that he'd eaten a bunch already but that's neither here nor there uh so he's comes downstairs and he's he's taking bites of it and he's like oh this is so good and everyone's watching him eat it and and he's like trying you know and and his brother's like well let me have some he's like no this is mine get your own because he knows that obviously shaving cream uh but then as anyone would he, he gets he he feels like he's gonna yak because he's fucking eating shaving cream and he immediately drops the stuff cup and leaves splits out of the house just fucking takes off runs out and his parents realize that it's shaving cream and they run after him at the exact same time. Mo, the stranger in a car just happens to show up and open up the door and say, you know, Hey, I'm going to help you here. Come on, get in the car. Little <laughs> and boy. And I there's saw that, it move too. <laughs> and there's that, that like shot of, of the kid of Jason. And he goes, who are you? And it's like this, it's the worst shot I've ever seen. And, (laughs) and that's when I realized I was like, Oh, without Michael Moriarty, (laughs) without this kid's crazy, crazy eyes, without (laughs) the, the the ladies like insane nipples, this movie (laughs) would be trash. Like it is like the camera shots are not that great. And you know, you know, it's like, that's not budget. 
that was a bad camera shot. Like, you could have done a better camera shot than that, and it was terrible, but it had to make it in the movie because their budget was so bad. But I was like, oh, this is a bad movie. I understand now, but it's not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not shitting on it, but, like, if it if it didn't have these awesome moments, it would just would have just died. It would just disappeared. Well, you, you, can, you can easily shit on this movie. There's, there's nothing wrong with doing that. But I think for every time you take a shit on it, someone is going to go like, oh, but what about this scene? You know, because yeah. it's enough like you're saying, there's enough things that make up for the for the for the fun, like the, the crappy filmmaking moments to go. Oh, yeah, it's it's definitely got a, enough positives to push it into the into that realm versus no, don't watch it. You know, oh, in my opinion, oh. for sure. Oh, God, yeah, it's right? got it's got so many positives, so positives that are just oh. And then 99% of them are, are Michael Moriarty. <laughs> yeah, because the kid gets in the car and there's, you know, a uh, great kind of invasion of the body snatcher moment where the family is running after the car as they're driving off and they're they're chasing after the car. And uh, and, and Jason yaks in the backseat of the car. And I love Michael Moriarty's impression or like his facial expression. He's like, okay. And the kid's like, I threw up. He's like, I know. And the kid's like, I ate, I ate shaving cream. And I love what he says. He's like, everyone has to eat shaving cream every once in a while. And I just, he just, he rolls with it. He just, he doesn't say like, oh kid, you, you're stupid. Why'd you eat shaving cream? He's just like, everyone's got to eat shaving cream every once in a while. Yeah, it's great, dude. I, I love it. I just, yeah. I fucking like genius all of it is just genius level i again i don't know if it's acting but it's bde baby no dude it's so funny because i was going into this movie thinking okay i'm just gonna break down each scene you know and uh, i'm not gonna be writing like quotes because you know that's not typically what i do but i i wrote so many quotes down for this because there's so many great quotes so many great lines that are probably improvised uh because because the moment right after that's probably improvise as well but it immediately cuts back to uh, nicole wait at the airport waiting for mo at a private jet then it comes back cuts back to jason and mo in the car jason's smiling now at this point with this big like grin on his face and mo's like you feeling good you feeling better how, how about open that window <laughs> 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 yeah, and you can you could tell that the kid actor didn't like like because you know he's a kid he's not yeah. used to improv and everything. You can tell the kid actor at first didn't know what he was like. Oh yeah, and then the kid actor was like, yeah, because I threw up. You know, like his his line was something like explaining it. You know, I, I don't know. I, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And uh, but again, Moriarty just he rolls with it. He's like, I mean, he, he I, I it's shades of. Um, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, From, dude. It's it just is. shades of that in, in this, you know? I could wonder if uh, Matthew McConaughey Kinda, got a yeah. little bit of that. I wouldn't yep. be surprised. And and Jason picks up on that, whether the actor did or whether the character did as, as the movie goes on. Because at the end, towards the end of the movie, they, they're like in, in sync with each other mm-hmm. in a couple scenes. But um, they get Mo and Jason get to the airport. And they're on their way to Midland, Georgia, to check out the the mines and where the stuff came from. And then, as they're on the plane, uh, it immediately cuts to now that the Jason's asleep on the plane, and Mo tells the pilot, you know, to uh, to take him, take, take him, him away, take him to like if we're not back in three hours. Take him to like Richmond. He's I think he said yeah. Richmond. Um, yeah. And basically wait for further instructions. He's... Yes. Yeah. And then from there, Mo 
and uh, Nicole get in a limousine and Nicole is playing up the fact that she's the stuff's PR lady and uh, and she's pretending that Mo is her male secretary, which I think is funny. And, <laughs> I know. I like how the, she had to say male secretary. She, yeah, she yeah. couldn't just say secretary. secretary. My male secretary. Yeah. And they meet uh, the kind of the, the local PR guys, Grimsby, Grimsby and Howard. And, uh, and Mo asks if they're, if they're from Stater and they get all paranoid. And, uh, and then he's like, well, look at those tall stacks all filled with the stuff because they're driving on their way to the factory and cut back to Jason on the plane and Jason's still chilling. And then suddenly you see the, the pilot in the cockpit and the postman from, uh, Virginia pops up. So the postman, he got, he's there. That was, that was my whole thing. I was like, Oh my God, how did he get there? Yeah. Like he's, he's like the second in command of the stuff hunters, the stuffies, I guess, you know, Mm -hmm. it seems that way anyways. And he throws stuff on the pilot. Yeah, you, like, that was yeah. The whole when stuff goes on somebody's face, it looks cool, but they never show it to you for very long. No, and there's a couple moments when it goes on people's faces later that I want to talk about because because I'm wondering like maybe this speaks nope. to the, how dangerous Larry right. Cohen is. Yeah, you, you mean when uh, Michael Moriarty's toupee got ripped off when he threw the <laughs> uh, the flaming stuff off of his face? Yeah, and then he like in a line that seems ADR, but maybe it wasn't. He's like couldn't breathe i was suffocating you know i'm like i wonder if that was legit i wonder yeah. if he really what because i've had a plaster poured on my face before to do a face mold and that shit does make you not breathe and this looks like straight up plaster like they're just like putting a wet plaster on people's faces yeah. <laughs> anyways i uh, throws it on the pilot's face the plane starts filling up with stuff just flowing out jason uh comes to wakes up and realizes what's going on he goes to the back of the plane and he escapes out of the um, luggage hatch and then runs off into the woods back at this company, the stuff plant, right? Um, the company foreman, his name's Cassidy is walking, uh, walking Nicole and Mo around. And this is great because as, uh, the, the foreman ex- is explaining the, 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 the plant to Nicole, Mo has his arm around the other, uh, uh, like foreman, the female foreman, <laughs> as they're walking down the, the 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 inspection plan. He's just got his arm around her, like looking all, and he's taking pictures the whole time with his yeah. camera. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I'm thinking about it now. I feel like also like there's shades of Venkman in here from Ghostbusters. Oh, dude, like totally. Like like just yeah, the fact totally. that that like. He's just not a good-looking guy, but yet he's clearly, like, pulling tail, just like Venkman, you know? I never yeah. bought that Venkman was the good-looking one of the bunch. No, <laughs> I dude. never Bill Murray. I, was, I always thought he was never. I was like, what? But okay. Yeah, I mean, this isn't speaking out of turn. The guy had, had like, pock marks all over his face. And, yeah. You know, yeah, but but he got his tail. Uh, yeah, so, but, Mo, yeah, Mo, Mo is Venkman, I guess. Yeah, I like that. And so it cuts back to Jason, who's still in the forest, and he sees a cave and with a mine in it, which is cool. It that mine actually reminded me of the mine in the HBO series The Outsider. I was like, is that the same mine that they shot in? Potentially. Oh, oh really yeah, yeah. Cool. 
there's a lot of uh, um, cave systems and stuff uh, through Kentucky and whatnot, um, which I which I liked. I, I thought that was cool, and I almost wanted maybe the kid to stumble on upon like a giant like pocket of this like that stuff. Been cool. And yeah. I was kind of like like at at first hoping that maybe this was going to dive into some kind of hollow earth scenario or something, but uh, it doesn't. The cave stuff doesn't really go anywhere, and I felt like it could have been more utilized, especially. Since since yeah. the stuff comes from underground. I, I agree. I agree. It, they, they could have gone deeper on this, but they didn't. Uh, cause, cause right after that, he's at the, he's at one yeah. of the plants. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's almost like why even show him go into there? Yeah. There was no reason, but it still looked cool. <laughs> so after that, uh, you cut back to the plant and Moe's still taking pictures and this random guy worker at the plant, walk up to Mo and he says, you shouldn't shoot pictures here. And Mo just looks straight, looks him straight in the eye and takes a picture of him. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's great. It's like click. <laughs> what are you fucking rain man? <laughs> so, uh, so now at this point, the the they show an assembly line of the stuff workers, and the stuff is bubbling, and uh, and and Nicole's like, oh, I want to see where they make the where they make the stuff, and Cassidy's like, No, we can't do that. And then it cuts back to Jason, and he shows up at Fletcher Mine, uh, which is which is marked closed, but people are still working there and there's a truck pulling up and truck pulls up with an empty tanker and Jason gets on top of the tanker for some random reason. I'm like, what the fuck? Why is he doing that? And, uh, and he sees people, uh, guys getting closer to the truck and he jumps inside of the empty tanker for whatever reason. Not Uh, smart. Not smart at all. Not smart at all. And then the guy, uh, one of the truckers goes up to the top of the tanker and seals it shut he's fucked for now back at the plant they send uh the the cassidy is like oh we're gonna we're gonna have you guys we're gonna call it a night basically we're gonna send you guys to the really nice motel in town and uh we've got a limo waiting for you or we've got a car that'll take you there and then they're in the limo driving over and this is 80 yard and it's funny because i'm like you would think they wouldn't be talking about this if the limo driver can probably hear everything they're talking about. But over ADR, you hear Mo say, uh, this stuff takes over your mind as they're driving into the, uh, the motel, which is kind yeah. of random. Yeah. Uh, but it just, I guess it has to kind of, they got to throw that in there. Right. Um, I didn't have a problem with it. I mean, I, I didn't think either, that at this point they would have, uh, they probably would have turned the, the, the divider thing up they would have put the divider thing up yeah that, that's true that's true and at this and then uh and then they're at they're checking into the motel and mo's like oh jason should be in savannah georgia by now and i'm like oh, yeah okay savannah so uh and then and then it's funny because the the guy at the motel's like or no mo says i'm glad you got i'm glad you i'm glad you gave us uh joined rooms because she looks after my shorthand and in my hunt, in my peck. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then it cuts immediately to them being in bed. Yeah. Like like an old married couple. Like yeah. right away. There's like yeah. there there's no like honeymoon period to their relationship that we've Dude, seen. Like this... he's he's in bed with his sh- pants and shoes on, reading something, <laughs> and she's like popping her neck like yeah no she's like, and yeah i love how he just like looks at her when yeah, she's popping dude. her neck is like okay yeah i have to yeah i have to 
I, I want to go off on that because yeah, he's reading he's reading the file. I, uh, I think is what it, what he was reading. Yeah, and she does a f- full on neck crack, and he gives her this glare, like <laughs> like oh. what's wrong with you? <laughs> and it's funny because uh, one of my vows when we got married, when I got married to Kristen, my wife was uh you know she accepts me for my sweaty palms right because i got sweaty palms and that's why i wear fingerless gloves so people can't get sweaty palms and i accept her for cracking her toes all the time because <laughs> when she gets into bed she cracks her toes and it was just a moment where i'm like yeah so fun it's hilarious because they don't know each other that well and i mean i didn't i didn't start farting around my wife until she was like, you just got to, if you don't fart in front of me, then this isn't going to work out, you know? And wait a minute. Are you putting like knuckle cracking and like neck cracking on the same level as flatulence? Yes, I am actually. Interesting. Yeah. I've got no problem with like knuckle cracking at all. I don't really either. Uh, but, but it's like when I'm, when I'm dating somebody for the first time or whatever, I just try to hold everything. Like everything is tight. And everything is. You know, <laughs> like, hold everything in. You and your tiny tees. Every little shortcoming, yeah. But that's but but then you know, as my wife has pointed out, like that's not real. You know, you no. got to be real. I know. Fucking I, arm hair. I, the whole thing, the whole nine. Yeah. I literally told my wife uh, today. We were saying something. She's like, she's like. You love me when I, you know, when I look so crazy in the morning. And I was like, sweetheart, I love you when you're laying in bed and your mouth is open and your hair is everywhere. Like when you're asleep, I get to go pee. I'm like, you know, I, I that's when I love you the most because it's the realest you. You know what yeah, I mean? Dude. Like that's you right there, yeah. just mouth open, arms up in the air, just you know, song logs. Nicole doesn't give a shit. She's like, accept yeah. me for who I am. Hey, you Otherwise- know, I say more power to Nicole. Yes. Yeah. Amen, Nicole. You you go, girl. So uh, <laughs> uh whatever. So after that, there's a commercial on TV. I almost quoted it. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, girl, don't go away mad, just go away. That's a Motley Crue song. Anyways, uh there's a commercial on the TV playing and it's for it's for the stuff, but it's 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 in, it's like uh it's at a nice fancy restaurant and Abe Vigoda yeah. and his with his wife and it's and you for, turn out it's the fucking where's the beef chick because yeah. at the end of the of the commercial she's like she's looking at the menu and he's like oh this met, this place looks great and she goes where's the stuff oh my I'm god like, whoa that's a that, pretty big get dude yeah I mean that lady she, I mean she won everything just from doing that one commercial for one for a couple years she was the hottest thing ever. Yeah, dude, that that's that was a big get for Larry Cohen. So for him him to get a cameo like that. Wait, are we talking about Ava Vigoda or the Where's the Beef lady? I'm talking about Where's the Beef lady, but Ava <laughs> Vigoda, you know, Ava Vigoda was kind of a big deal back then too. So R.I.P. to Ava Vigoda. <laughs> oh, Where's the Beef? So good. After that, there's another stuff commercial, and I love I love it. The, the the music keeps playing over and over again. Enough is never enough for the stuff. It's like this kind of disco song. And the tagline is, the stuff makes you hungry for more. The stuff. that de- The stuff. Taste that delivers. And at that point, Moe's asleep now. And out of nowhere, under his pillow, stuff just rips through the pillow onto Moe's face. Yeah, that was and cool. That was because it kind of went like... Like right on it. Yeah, it just shoots out like it just like 
gushed all over his face. And uh, and he falls onto the <laughs> that ground. Pillow, that pillow bukkakied him. Yes, he got bukkakied by a motel pillow. That is disgusting <laughs> on so many oh, levels. Gosh. So disgusting. <laughs> 80s motels. Oh. Uh, ugh, so Nicole's she jumps out of bed and she's like, I'm going to burn it. I'm going to burn it off your face. And she takes like a, a, a kerosene lantern and pours it on his face and, and, and he lights it on fire and he's able to pull it off. And he says, Oh, it hardens on my, it hardened on my face. And, uh, and he's like, yeah, that's what he said. It hardened on my face. And it was such a moment where he's like, I wonder if that really, like it was, if he was, he seemed like he was really struggling for a moment. Like, oh, this is really painful. And when Nicole gets it later on, she also has the same reaction. And I, I understand they're acting, but there is a moment where I'm like, I wonder if he kind of did a little bit of guerrilla torturing to them, where, you know, didn't tell them how bad it was going to be. Like, and, like how, like when Fulci like uses real maggots, maggots in uh, Gates yep. of Hell and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, dude. I was, I was more fixated on that real quick shot where Moriarty throws it, you know, on fire <laughs> off of his face, and you can totally see he doesn't have his toupee on at that point, uh, <laughs> or it got stuck in the stuff and, and ripped off of his head. But uh, it was back on in a second, you know, when the stunt actors are standing there, the stunt actors that don't don't look anything <laughs> yeah. like either of those actors. I, I wrote but, uh, that down. Like the stunt double looks like Dennis Quaid. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, so yeah, so basically right then and there, a guy runs in, well, starts yeah. attacking them. Then the stuff kind of comes out and they do a great effect with one of these moving rooms yes. uh, where you set your camera up sort of stationary, but the room is on some kind of, uh, you know, pistons and things that allow it to actually move and and that's how you could actually get the stuff to move around because it's just a liquid so they had to just you know it had to just move through you know gravity and inertia and everything um and apparently they used the uh uh, kind of i think it's like this this stuff that firemen use to to put out fires like i kind of douse it down but it's basically made out of fish guts so it smelled terrible but uh all the shots in this scene i mean overall i i like the scene i thought it was very effective i thought it was very cool with them like burning the stuff as it was going up the wall and that other guy that kind of was attacking them he got attacked by the stuff and he's getting like saturated by it but the whole time (laughs) it is just so obvious because of the camera shots that the two people that are playing are two leads like it's stunt people because you can tell they're kind of harnessed so they don't move when the the when the whole the whole room moves but they do not look anything like our two actors like not even remotely like hairstyle is different almost hair color is almost different you know it's just it's insane but you know whatever it's fine i love it i love it for what it is and if it was perfect if it was pulled off well it would this would be forgettable you know like this this would be yeah this this would be this would be whatever this would have just kind of like faded away but it's the fact that like you're like I can see it as a kid. The fact that like you would rewatch this movie multiple times is because you'd be like, ha, ha, look at that. You can see the, you know, see the stunt guy. But at the yeah. same time, you're still kind of scared by what's happening. It's, it's such a crazy, this movie's fucking bonkers. <laughs> yeah. What, what's it, that scene reminded me of, uh, actually I just watched just one of the guys the other night and th- there's a very similar scene where it's so obvious that the actors are 
stunt people because they look nothing like them. And it reminded me of the movie I'm Gonna Get You Sucker when uh, they're having a fight scene and it's like two black guys kicking the shit out of each other. But then suddenly the stunt man is like a white guy with a mustache and he's, he looks like, you know, John Oates from all the notes. And it's so obvious that it's, it's not, or like there's space balls. It reminds, that reminds me of space balls. balls. It was like, ah, you you didn't, you caught the, the stunt actors and, you know, and and, then the princess Vespa looked like, is like a guy, you know, with like a mustache. (laughs) I loved it. (laughs) So yeah, Nicole and Mo, the real actors not the stunt people get out of the motel room and the dude that kind of jumped him out of nowhere he's just flooded with the stuff and stuff's on fire and as it's burning the stuff is screaming which is pretty cool there's like a weird screen and you don't know if it's the guy or if it's the actual stuff and uh mo 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 goes and hot wires the guy's truck to take it back to go back to the factory uh jason's still back in the tanker and mo and nicole uh, see the truck that Jason's in and they trail it. Now there's dozens of trucks heading off to fill up on the stuff at the quarry. Now you're at the quarry. And this is one other, one of my favorite scenes in the movie because the quarry, uh, when, when uh, Jason's still in the truck and they're starting to fill it up and Jason's like starts freaking out. Right. And, uh, and Mo and Nicole kind of pull off to the side and then like the forest so they don't get seen. And this is a really funny moment because when Mo stops the car, it jerks really hard and you see Nicole's face, like look at Mo, like that's really shitty driving. Almost like that wasn't planned. Like she didn't expect it to be so jerky. Yeah. And uh, she looks really annoyed. (laughs) I noticed that it was, I was wondering if, if if uh if like he was trying to hit the mark you know and he kind of fucked up a little bit yeah. but uh yeah i i noticed that too i was almost wondering if he was going to stop short and like you know cop a feel on her or something but <laughs> i know right so they ditch the truck and they run off which is funny because they show the stunt doubles again really the shitty stunt doubles and then they're at the quarry and uh and mo says something like this stuff comes straight out of the earth and into a supermarkets it's a lake of stuff <laughs> It's a lake of stuff, and there's like all these little like, pi- like tiny pillars of stuff poking Ooh, yeah, out like of moving. the stuff. It's moving. Yeah, it's, it's really very, creepy. it's it's moving. It's it's interesting. Um, and then and then Mo Mo he's, he, you know he's got one of these one of those jumpsuits, the yellow jumpsuits on, so he can go down and uh, uh you know blend in, right? Well, yeah, she because because uh, Nicole Nicole says he pulls out a j- yellow jumpsuit, and she's like. Oh, you 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 don't save my purse, but you save that, you know, or something to that effect. It's just yeah. really funny, yeah. and yeah, uh, and then Nicole cracks her knuckles right, as he's putting it on, and he goes, "Shh," <laughs> he shushes her, and she I goes, know. "Oh, I'm sorry." <laughs> I know. I was like, I loved it. I loved it. First off, I love that she's that she has this like knuckle cracking thing that's like her character, uh, uh, you know, twitch or or what tick or whatever you want to call it. You know, right? Because as an actor, don't you like want to give your character something, uh, a thing or something? And hers are just knuckle cracking. But yeah, she does it. Mo shushes her. I love it. I love it. And and then you know what? Again, that's BDE, baby. That's fucking great, dude. And then from there, cuts to Mo putting like C four bombs around yeah. his ankles. Yeah. Which... So like, why does he put a? Why does he have C four? <laughs> and B? Why does he put it around his ankles? Yeah. The... <laughs> 
because that's what one does apparently because it's like if worst case scenario he goes up with the whole plant uh i guess and so from there from there mo tells nicole to meet him at the 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 turnoff or something near the parkway yeah and then they go split or something yeah and then and then they kiss (laughs) i'm like oh sure okay and then, and she's like, well, be careful. And he goes, oh, th- th- this is part of my business. You know, yeah. like, he, like, it's no big deal. Yeah, I love it. Dude. This this is my job right yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I love how she's like, she said something like, oh, you look cute in that. He's like, I do love encouragement. <laughs> and so he heads down to the quarry dressed up as his, you know, Mr. Banana Man. And, uh, and there's a, there's a guy like speaking over loudspeaker reminded me a little bit of they live um like a droning uh cult like leader speech going you know be grateful for its uh be grateful for its plentiful supply and for the good work we are doing we will soon end hunger Uh, our hunger will be a thing of the past the earth is giving off the food that we will that will nourish us all or something to that effect yeah and most and I, I like that i like yeah it's cool i like the idea there, there's so many interesting and cool concepts at work here that i would love to see fleshed out and yeah you know i truly truly as someone who's seen this movie for the first time in 2020 at the age of 42 i truly love this movie but there are some interesting ideas and interesting concepts in here that i just i really would like to see fleshed out more i'm i'm literally watching this movie thinking about like okay how would you remake it i'm like oh wait maybe you would remake it into a tv show i almost like kind of envisioned the old world the world's tv show where you have like these these uh, a handful of people that see the bigger picture and they're trying to like stop it at every, every, any way that they can without, you know, but they don't have the ability to be like, Hey, this is what's happening. Like they have to like sort of, you know, stop it on their own. And I was like, man, this would just make a perfect like TV show or something because there's, there's cool concepts here. Like the idea that the stuff, yeah, is like, uh, you know, it's, it's going to end world hunger. It's, 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 you know, this and that, I think that's kind of cool. That's, that's really neat. Yeah, the brainwashing that's going on is effective. You know, it's 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 getting in your brain and convincing you that everything you're doing is good. Uh, you know, it's like uh, political parties. Yeah, <laughs> in a yeah. way. Yeah, seriously. So, at, as this is going on, Mo is setting up his C four bombs around the quarry. Oh, and then as he's doing that, the the last line of the. Uh, over the loudspeaker is this will guide us to a new order of life, which is very interesting. Um, and so Mo walks into the quarry. He gets spotted by a dude with a hard hat on a bl- obviously plastic hard hat, uh, mm-hmm. cheap ass plastic hard hat. And he, and as, as he's walking around, he goes behind one of the trucks. So he's not spotted by anybody else. The guy follows him behind the truck and he knocks the dude out. It was like a you know sound effect off key, off camera, and at the same time, this is when Jason's truck starts getting filled, and Jason like mumbles to himself, "I'm gonna get, I'm gonna drown in this stuff." Oh, and and, uh, and we get the worst like blue screen. There are like <laughs> yeah. four 
blue screen shots in this movie, yeah. uh, and every single one of them is absolutely the Terrible. worst blue screen that you've ever seen. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's the worst blue screen I've ever seen. And then, like, 15 minutes later, there will be now the next worst blue screen you've ever seen, and then there will be another one. Yeah. It's the worst blue screen I've ever seen. Yeah, and Jason's reactions are really funny, too, because he's screaming. He's just like, ah, it's, it's just so funny. His facials are really hilarious. Uh, and he's not, he's he's screaming in the truck like, help, get me out of here, get me out of here. And then Mo just happens to be right by the truck, and he hears him. He goes, oh, Jason, I'm going to get you out of there. Don't, don't you worry now. And, don't you uh, worry now, Jason. I'll be back for you. Don't you right? worry. And then Mo just, from that point on, just starts knocking a bunch of dudes out, just fucking goes bonkers, just, just <laughs> kicking the shit out of everybody. Right? He just starts swinging, baby. Yeah, swinging. <laughs> <laughs> he gets in the truck, gets in Jason's truck, and he drives away. And at this, and right after that, he blows up the quarry, mm-hmm. and it's great. It's like a miniature shot. It's really cheesy looking, uh, but, I, but I, it actually, actually fun. dude, dude, I, it was actually I thought really well done. The the miniature exploding yeah, with no, the trucks. I love and miniatures. Yeah, I, I do too. But like you know, you say you say cheesy, but I was like, you know what? If this entire film. That was actually really well done miniature yeah. work right there. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. Yeah, it's... not not quite Horror Express where I was actually <laughs> fooled by Horror Express. Like for like half the movie, I didn't realize that it was like a train, uh, like a, a miniature train. I, I thought I think Horror Express was a fantastic use of miniatures on on the exterior train stuff. Uh, not quite as good as that, but pretty damn good. Much better than the blue screen work. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. Totally agree. So you cut back to Jason yelling at the stuff. He's like, "You're trying to get inside my head. You want me to do what you made you made the rest of my family do." Well, and and so this is another interesting concept that I would love to see fleshed out more, which is like, can you act? Can he actually hear it? Like, can you yeah. hear it? Like can whispering in you, yeah. you know, type of thing. Like, th- there's so many interesting concepts at play here that i would just i would love to see them flesh out but the fact that they're not does not diminish the movie at all no no not at all no not not at all and um and then this immediately cuts back to nicole and she's at the truck waiting for mo and the postman shows up again our good buddy the postman and she starts struggling with him and she scratches him in the in the eye and it's so silly because she gives him like this little scratch and he's screaming like he he just got his jugular taken out, you know, and uh, knocks him over, knocks him on the ground. And Mo runs over him with the truck. And when he does, he explodes. Love it. This <laughs> was awesome. my and, and my wife loved it, too. This was like both of our favorite like gag. Yeah, because it kind of like it. it it crushes him so much that it makes his head explode, and we're like, yeah. yeah and it, but it's like it's it's white. It's exploding with like white stuff. It's so not great. blood, and uh, you know that almost kind of makes it freakier, right? Because yeah. it's 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 he's not human, and that's what kind of makes it cool. And you know, to their defense, and and they it did it doesn't look like. Like the same kind of milk that's that's in Bishop, you know, and Aliens, or or even uh, uh, Aliens was actually after this. So like Alien, right? Uh, yeah. um, 
when what's his name um ash yeah. uh the android and alien um it, they do a good job of making it not look like that and, and it could have you know what i mean like it could have easily turned into looking like that but it, they did a good job of of making it the, like a thicker consistency and and not making it look like alien which i'm sure they had to have been aware of at the time oh, yeah. because alien was a huge fucking movie the, these guys are like human cream-filled donuts, basically. Basically, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. I love it. It's fucking it cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, right after that happens, Moe's able to get Jason out of the truck before the the stuff gets him just in time. And then they close the top of the hatch because the stuff's trying to get out. And uh, I love this because Nicole then says, uh, that, that stuff won't stay buried for long. They'll dig it out again. And I'm like, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. All they got to do is dig up the shit from the hole. Uh, so they're driving down the road, and a cop pulls them over because the the hose from the truck is just dangling behind, and Jason's like relieved, and Mo is you know super skeptical because he he thinks everybody's a stuffy. He even says that hey, everybody's a stuffy. Everybody's, everybody's a, a stuffy in this town. And the cop approaches, and uh, he's like, "Hey, your hose is hanging out there." And Mo goes, "You gonna arrest me for indecent exposure?" <laughs> <laughs> so he gets out of the truck and this is this is when i love jason too so mo gets out of the truck and he's being a dick to the cop you know he's like talking back to the cop right the whole indecent exposure and then jason gets out and he's like do i need to put my hands up too you gonna shake me down like kind of back talking back to the cop and like you're a little shit dude and nicole gets out and she's like She's being re- really respectful, right? And uh, and you see the stuff leaking out from behind the truck. And Nicole says, you know, it'd be a waste. It'd be a shame if all that went to waste. And Moe's like, oh, I'm so hungry. Uh, I got to get some. And Jason's like, I got to get some. And Nicole says, you know, you get hungry if you don't get, you don't, if you don't get it for an hour or two. And she's like, yeah, are you hungry, officer? And Moe and... Uh, Jason go to the back and they're nope, oh sorry nope. it's Nicole and Jason right or they yep, go to the yep. back. J- Jason goes first. He starts fake eating it. Uh, so so Jason runs back there. He's like and they have a little ADR line when when Nicole gets there and he's like I'm fake yes. eating it you know and then the cop kind of like starts walking towards them and I love this two things one I didn't so the cop gets there to to Jason and Nicole fake eating it except the actress that's playing Nicole is actually putting it in her mouth yes whereas you shouldn't do that no. and uh my wife picked up on that she's like she's actually eating it and i'm like oh that's bad she wouldn't that shouldn't have been done and then i love the way that mo does this like it's such a you know william shatner uh star trek like two hands you know kind of yeah. uh, uh what is it like a, a power stomp punch yes. you know type of thing like like where you <laughs> rain your blows down but it was so weak he like kind of hits the cop and falls over with the cop it's yeah. almost like a smack but you know that was <laughs> whatever they knocked he knocked him out but it was like this it was a very like star trek sort of hit do you know what i mean when oh, yeah. i say when i say that it, yeah it was, it was super very weird yeah it was a, yeah because because the cop is like out f- cold and from you know, having a guy like hit him in the back with like two hands yeah like, basically smack him in the back yeah and then he's yeah. done He's done. So uh, they knock him out, and now they're in the truck, and they're driving, 
And Mo says they, you know, they got to, they got to, this is, this is important to note. Mo says they got to head to a large city where they have a chance, you know, because if they go to a small town and it's all taken over, basically uh, no one's going to believe them or they're not going to be able to find help. And where do they go? They go to a castle in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. What's up, guys? I'm Tess. And I'm Corey. And we are the ongoing comic book discussion podcast, the place where one guy and one gal dive into the world of comic books one adventure at a time. That's right. You can find us every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or any of your favorite podcatchers. So come check out OCD Podcasts, where comic books are cool. Hello. La, la, la. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La, la, la. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, hey, Tim. Dean. Uh, This isn't a full episode, this is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays, and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then... Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. Hey, this is Brent. And I'm Eric. And we are part of the Friday Five Podcast. Yes, sir. We cover everything from the 80s to today. We absolutely do. You can find us every other Friday on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Like any. iTunes? Like Stitcher. Oh, man. This Maybe a little Spotify. Hey, and also check us out on Instagram. Absolutely. So come hang out. I think you'll have a lot of fun and we will see you there. Yeah, bring your proton pack and your ecto cooler and maybe some McNugget bugs. And now back to the show. Is this, are they now at this point in Georgia, I guess, still, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're in Georgia. <laughs> and <laughs> hey. I'm, I'm assuming um, the middle of nowhere, you know, like cornfields. And yeah, it doesn't seem like they've gone that far. Uh, it's definitely not a big city like they just talked about a minute yeah. ago. And uh, out of nowhere, all these military dudes jump out of the bushes at them. And they say they're uh, reporting to Colonel Spears, right? And uh, Colonel, and then immediately Mo is up at the top of this tower, the, castle yeah. tower, with Colonel Spears, who's Paul Sorvino. And uh, this is a really funny exchange because uh, Spears asks who Mo is. And Mo says, you know, I used to be in the FBI, was working for Hoover. And he had me wiretap your, uh, an apartment that you had for a 17-year-old black chick. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? 
And uh, and then he's like, yeah, uh, they the FBI canned me right before I mailed the tapes to your wife. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on here? Did they have this weird uh, connection? And then Spears was like, you know, I could toss you over the tower right now. And Mo then says, well, I just said that to be able to get to talk to you. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, that's a we- it was a weird th- so is if the story's made up uh Spears was like letting him just talk No, I think it's true because he says before they even go there, he says uh I I know this guy but he doesn't know me. So yeah. I I I th- I think all of everything he said was true. To truthfully. But I do like how how Paul Servino is like I I could throw you out Throw you over here and you'd land right about there. And, yeah, yeah, that's so great. <laughs> like that, yeah. It's a really funny kind of back and forth because you feel like they're ad-libbing, ad-libbing the whole time. Um, it's just a silly exchange. And and it gets Mo to kind of lead into talking about a th- there's a threat to our country. And immediately Spears gets very excited because he's kind of like an Alex Jones conspiracy nut type guy. Yeah. I was wondering, like, what is he supposed to be? He's like the leader of a militant group. Um, I yeah. mean, I, did those exist back then? Even like, I'm sure they did. I'm, sh- you know, there's always been fringe groups, and um, maybe, maybe not to the extent we have it now. But that this makes sense. He's got like this compound. Yeah. Which he's got a, a compound with like a bunch of kid soldiers, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty cool actually it's a cool concept yeah except for later on when that one kid soldier keeps looking at the camera <laughs> yeah you, yeah you, exactly. you know which one i'm talking about no i know exactly eyes. which one you're talking yeah. about but um there's a few funny moments like that so uh mo's telling him that this he's telling him that, you know the commies uh have this mind affecting drug he's he's feeding Spears, yeah, the he's giving him what he needs. Yeah, giving him the commie lines. He's giving him what he needs to get him fired up for the situation. Yeah, yeah. And so from there, you cut to Jason talking to one of the army guys. I actually, I like this army guy, and I, I really feel bad about what happened to him in a in a little bit. Oh, is he uh, is he the guy that gets shot in the face? Is that the same army guy? Okay, yeah, same army guy. I thought so. I picked up on that on the second uh, viewing, um, and I felt the same way. I was like, he was actually. I thought he was a little nice, you know, to the to the kid. He's he was being nice. I was like, ah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy, and he actually has a good line later on with the truck too. But um, anyways, yeah, Jason asks the army guy if he's in the army. And I love the guy just looks at him deadpan and goes, we're your only army son. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. cool. I which, love which, that. Yeah. And, and which knowing that he's not army, like he's actually essentially they're all just mercenaries. I was like, yeah, that, that's that. very applicable guys. Very yeah. applicable. E- more so today. This movie ages very, very well. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, and Spears at this point now is, is, is walking with uh, Mo and Nicole, and he's totally making moves on Nicole, like flirting oh. with her left and right. And oh, Mo's dude, like, I, I love it. No, this is my favorite. This this right here was one of my favorite things. I go um, because he starts hitting, you know, uh, Spears, aka Paul Servino, starts hitting on 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 uh, Nicole, and uh, I love how Mo was like, uh, "You're moving in on my lady," you know. And I love he just looks right at it. He goes, he goes, "Well, I wouldn't worry about that, son. You'll probably be a casualty." <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so great, dude. So great. Well, I mean, just totally just shut him the fuck up. He's yeah. just like, dude, and, and that's, you know why this works? Because, uh, you know, like I said before, <laughs> Mo is all about his BDE. But then you, what happens when you encounter another BDE? You, what happens when an immovable object meets, you know. Uh, uh, Irresistible force. There you go. Um, and uh, what we have here is two BDEs smacking each other in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so from there, we cut to the missing truck that shows up at the uh, stuff plant. And the guy, uh, the, kind of the gatekeeper to the to the plant, is is on his walkie saying, you know, the missing truck showed up. And the army guy who was cool to Jason earlier is kind of dressed like a trucker, jumps out and says, "Hey, I found your truck for you." Uh, and he's talking into the 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 jumpsuit guy at the gate, who I noticed had no shirt on underneath his jumpsuit. So yeah. his red hairy chest was in full view, which yeah. is like pulled midway down. And I'm like, that's really odd to show off that. Che- that's a lot of chest hair to show off. It's an interesting choice, you know? Yep. Same, uh, same. hundred percent. Same. Notice the exact same thing had the exact same thought. <laughs> so after that, uh, after that distraction, the army guy, dressed like a trucker. I was like, Hey, I was hoping I'd get a reward, you know? And the jumpsuit guy's like, yeah, yeah, I'll get your reward. He's like, okay, well, uh, can I get the cash first? And then the jumpsuit guy shoots him in the face. Just right in the face. Just right, done. And Spears shoots the guy. Uh, the, certainly the army the Spears and the rest of his army show up and start shooting and he shoots the guy. And the guy just explodes with his, you know, human, uh, cream filled donut. Yeah. And, and even, from, even Spears says something like, uh, I missed the sight of blood or something like that. Like, how, like basically how that's gross right there. Yeah. He's grossed um, out by it. Yeah, basically. But you know, it's, I was like, I didn't think about it until just now, but yeah, that's proof right there, right there. But Spears, I, I guess, I guess the one problem I have with the whole thing is that Spears, um, he 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 went in so gung ho. I feel like in modern movie conventions, we would have needed this shot of this guy getting killed with like white blood coming out of him to convince Spears. You know what I mean? Like we would have needed something like that, but Spears just went along with it. You know, and yeah. but now I, I guess, but I, now at this point, there's no denying it. You have to just accept what you saw. Accept what you saw, and there's a, and now it's a full on raid. The, the army's marching in and they're and they're getting ready just to shoot everyone um well the irony is that they're not army they're 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 mercenaries mercenary they're, pri- they're militia. private they're private army they're militia, militia. they're militia yeah militia yeah yeah the militia runs in and what's hilarious about this is as they're running in and doing this raid spears is uh holding nicole's hand the whole time <laughs> yeah i know i know <laughs> like they're oh, running dude, through we, the daisies yeah. I know, I know, I I, I love it. I <laughs> I love. And he's how like, "Let's much... raid these these stuffy sons of bitches." I love how much Spears just wants to get in her pants, man. Yeah. I think it's I think it's awesome. <laughs> and then I love how the soldiers are. They're very much. I'm trying to think of what the movie is when they're all going hut 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 hut. You know, and they're all yeah. just like I. I'm thinking like I'm. I'm picturing blues brothers or something where a bunch a bunch of soldiers are just saying hut 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 as they're as they're like <laughs> yeah. you know moving along. Uh, but it was. 
it was comical, but at the same time, not. It was uh, everything about this movie just skirts the line, you know, very well. Yeah, no, it's great, and and it's clearly you know com- comedic at this point as they're running in and and getting ready to just blast everybody, and then they get into the plant and. Uh, I forget what I didn't write it down, but but Spears makes an illusion like they 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 uh, you know poison themselves. Well, uh, well, well here, here's so so all right. So when they're going in like doing all of this stuff and the you know you 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 hear over the loudspeakers and I only wrote it down because I thought it was like sort of silly. It says uh, they're saying because they know they're getting attacked at this point, and over the loudspeakers it says follow the agreed upon course of action. And I'm like, follow the agreed upon course. Why don't you say follow the plan, follow the plan that we outlined, but they, they yeah. say over the, follow the agreed upon course of action. So basically all the, the workers, all the stuffies, yeah. they all sort of run into one room and then let the, the, the stuff sort of comes out of them. But you know, I, there's a couple of cool little lines with Paul Servino and he's like, to the to Jason, where where he says something like "shit," um, uh, you know, nothing. There's nothing the uh, America's boys can't can't handle, or there's no war the America's boys haven't lost. And I was like, first off, I was like, America's boys. That was a little weird. And yeah. then the kid, and then Jason was like, "What about Vietnam?" And then Paul Serino's yeah. like, "Like that, we we lost that bat war at home, son." And I was <laughs> yeah. like, "Wow, there was just so much like packed into that little bit of dialogue." That's you right. Know? Yeah, that was that was awesome. Uh, and then Spears crushes one of the heads of the stuffies and it just explodes, which yeah. is great. But it doesn't have any stuff in it, so no. you know that there's no kind of stuff left in their husks. Yeah, and where has it gone? We're about to find out because now Nicole and Jason are going to leave. They're going to go outside. But as they, they go down the hallway of the plant, uh, they get stuck in a, in a, in a room with stu- all the stuff flowing in after them. Oh, uh, of it all would, the like the effect stuff and all the effect shots, them sort of hopping from I don't know bin like some sort of bin to bin to kind of stay off the floor to get away from the stuff. The the stuff was clearly like blue screened. Yeah, they did a. This was the best like stuff effects that in the entire movie. It's really funny because they're they're there's all of these kind of uh, metal bins like almost like a laundry bins that, that are lined up by the door, the exit that they need to get through. So they're climbing into the bins one by one to avoid the stuff. And it's funny cause Jason's like, hurry up, Nicole, you're going too slow or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, and then it cuts back to Mo giving a speech about the stuff. And he's like, well, what if it's in as inside everybody, you know? Yeah, that was that was the one weird little thing. Like he's talking to the the militia kids, one of them being the kid that keeps looking at the goddamn camera, <laughs> and um, and he's like he's like y'all think you're so strong with your guns, but what happens when the thing is inside you and you can't shoot it? Like it, yeah. it felt like it really felt like Larry Cohen was was making a statement right here, you know, like there it's, it's, it's cold war stuff. It's communism. It's, you know, uh, it's the whole fear in the eighties that your next door neighbor was a communist and you can't tell because they all, we all look the same because Hey, spoiler alert, we're all just fucking humans anyways. Um, (laughs) you know, but, uh, yeah, it felt like that, this one little piece of dialogue that, that Mo is delivering. This is the one that just felt a little heavy handed. Yeah. Yeah, it felt heavy-handed for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and 
there were a couple of moments like that where you're like, no, no, just, just, just go, go back to being fun. You don't yeah. have to make a political statement. Uh, and they're about to get back to that. So, uh, so Nicole and Jason, they're able to get out, uh, uh, out of the room that they're in and all of the stuff is just flowing out of the plant. And what, and after they do, once it like flows out, it kind of dissipates at that point. It starts to kind of like, erode because it's got nothing to go into i guess anymore nothing to feed off of yeah yeah there it was a little unclear but yeah it like blows out the wall and again uh, another terrible blue screen of the two people in front of the wall as it blows out of but yeah. yeah then it kind of just it kind of oozes out and then it just lays there on the ground even uh general spears even says well we'll just leave it here for now you know and yeah I we'll think, leave it here for now and and i didn't think about it but you saying that I, I kind of feel like that is correct in the fact that it, I guess, can't sustain its its sentience yes. without being inside. I, I, maybe I guess I, I don't know, but well, it, I guess it's not. It's harmless. It's not sort of harmless at this point. They keep saying though, don't let it touch you. We know that flame can kill it, and we know that something else in a little bit probably can kill it too. So, uh, yeah, and we'll find out very soon. But uh, from there, they're. At the, on their way to Atlanta, because uh, Spears says, "Hey, look, I've got I've got radio stations in Atlanta, and we can do a broadcast there, warning everyone, basically." Mm-hmm. And, and I love how they fly to Atlanta, and they get there, and all those cabs, and they get like it's basically a bunch of soldiers, militia guys, run out yeah. of that airplane. And and I love did you, the one the the cab driver, this big fat cab driver. He's like he's like, what is this World War Three? But he had such the weirdest like <laughs> ADR delivered, like it was insane. Well, I want to I want to back up really quick because as they're on the way there in this plane. Um, mm. Spears is giving Nicole a speech about how no one likes him and he needs, he needs her. He wants to hire her to do PR for him basically, which is really funny. Yeah, it, it is, but it's also, it's, it's actually applicable more now yeah. than it probably back in 1985. I was like, everything that Spears wants, it's such like a 2020 idea. Like he wants just a bigger platform. He wants yeah. to, to get his message out, you know, like an Alex Jones sort of type, you know, and he wants to get his message out and he knows that he needs some kind of, of PR. But I, I love the fact he's like, he's like, no one's ever, no one ever likes me. He's like, even as a kid, I was always the, the biggest, the strongest, the best looking, the smartest. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's why no one likes you yeah. <laughs> because you're, you're a fucking bragger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then they get to Atlanta. You're right. And then there's the taxi driver there. What is this? World War Three? And uh, I love that because Spears looks at me and goes, just get us the fourth in Maine and no more of your liberal liberal remarks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your liberal bullshit. And then next thing you know, yeah, that, there's like four or five taxis driving down Main Street, Atlanta, and filled with military and they get out of the taxis, and people start freaking out because they all have guns. They're like, yeah. oh, my God, they've got guns. And, and I love that the taxis are just okay with letting kids with guns get in there. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, sure, why hey, not? Uh, uh, I I will say whatever this little town is that they filmed in is 
absolutely gorgeous. Yes. Yeah, it's clearly not downtown Atlanta, but it's it's maybe could potentially be someplace in Georgia. Uh, yeah. It is gorgeous. It's like small town USA. Yeah. And, I, I kind of have a sense that it might have been upstate New York because I do think they okay. did a lot of New York filming. That, that makes sense. That, that makes more sense, actually. Um, and, yeah, everyone's freaking out. And then it cuts to Spears with a group of, the, of his military, like, kind of huddled up. And he says, pay the drivers, <laughs> give, a, <laughs> give a 10% tip, and get a cash receipt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get a receipt. Because <laughs> he's got to write this shit off. You know what? I totally fucking, like, when I heard that, as someone who's been essentially self-employed for the past 13 years, yeah. I was like, yeah, get that, get that receipt, guys. Get that cash I get receipt. it. I yeah. get exactly where Spears is coming from on that one. Yeah. And then I also, this is the scene that that kid looks right at the camera the entire <laughs> fucking time. And he's right over fucking Paul Servino's shoulder. And he's yeah, just dude. staring right at the camera. It's hilarious. It's 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 very, it's very distracting. But it, it is, that scene is. is, that scene is distracting. It makes, it's just a funny scene. It reminds me of uh, like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes where the, 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 the main guy, uh, Wilbur Finletter is running around in a military outfit with a parachute hanging from him the entire time, just like dragging <laughs> around a parachute. And it's just fucking random, but it's hilarious. I think it's funny. Um, anyways. Yeah. From there, we're now in the radio station and Spears is talking to like the, the receptionist or one of the guys that works at the station. Yeah. And he's but like, I, well, go ahead. No, I, I say what, say the, say what the scene is in the dialogue and then I'll, I'll interject my, my commentary. Okay. So yeah. So, uh, Spears is asking when this broadcast is going to be played. And the guy's like, well, after sports NRL, this tribute. And then suddenly <laughs> the stuff commercial comes on and he's like, and, and Spears freaks out. He's like, get that off my, get that off my station. You know? <laughs> and in the conversation that he has with who is clearly like, I don't think he's a secretary, but he's clearly like maybe a program manager or something. I love how the actor is like playing a person who is talking to a military person, but they're so like off put that they're trying to talk military back to him. Yeah. There was something very charming about this exchange uh, with, with this other actor. I I just liked how he was so startled and the only way he could sort of like deal with it was, is to kind of like sort of act military in return, but he clearly not pulling it off, clearly acting like, like a civilian trying to act military. Yeah. And maybe I'm giving the actor too much credit saying that this was all a choice by him, but I found this little, exchange of dialogue to again be very entertaining like like there's so many weird choices in this movie for actors to make <laughs> that turn that turn like generic dialogue into just fun exchanges yeah it's bonkers the whole the whole again we've said it many times before this whole movie's bonkers and just fucking wackadoodle but that's what makes it so charming right yep yep <clears throat> So from there we cut to Nicole. She's writing. She's basically writing the the, the broadcast speech. And who shows up? But C three Chocolate Chip Charlie shows up at the main floor of the uh, the two story radio station. And he's he's like, you know, get your hands off me. These my hands are lethal weapons in the state of Georgia. And basically <laughs> yeah. the same line that he gave earlier in the movie. And he storms up the stairs and. Uh, Moe's reading the the letter that Nicole had just written up and C3 shows up and uh, and Moe says, well, I, I never heard from the FBI. It's kind of like an off line, which is important to mention because it, it, it speaks to what's going to happen in a minute. 
It is, and and my wife picked up on it on uh, because she she didn't quite sit through it the second time. Um, she you know she watched it with me the first time, and then she kind of was like doing stuff when I was watching it today, taking notes. And uh, but she remarked on this comment about the FBI, and she was like, "Oh, oh, that's a little tell that he's you know he's gonna uh, be bad." She was yeah. like, "I didn't pick up on that the first time," and I was like, "Yeah, me neither." That was that's a good little uh, that was a good little piece of dialogue. That was a good little cue. Or I'm sorry, that was a good little clue, I should say. Yeah, because he's he's adamant he wants to be a part of the a part of the broadcast and be in in and and give his take on this because and he's like trying to convince them like, look, you know, I'm one of the most popular people uh, in this country because of because of my cookies and you know it's going to give you more notoriety if you put me on. And uh, Spears and Jason walk in as this is going on, and Spears is very suspicious of him. And after suspicious, well, Spears is like staring him down the entire time, the and, entire fucking time. And Spears utters the very racist line. Well, I will permit this. <laughs> I will permit this colored man to speak. And you're like, whoa, are you yeah. sure you're racist, too? OK, yeah, cool. I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, shit, that that uh. That makes sense. I, I thought he was going to, like, they were going to do the whole, like, he, I don't know, maybe he doesn't trust something. Nope, nope, it's racist. Yeah, it's They're just, just racist. going racist with it. I was like, okay, yep, It has sure, nothing okay. to do with, like, who, the fact that he's a, that he owns, you know, a bunch of chocolate chip companies or whatever. He's yeah, yeah. straight up racist. No, yeah. just, just and, and, and made terrifying by the fact that Paul Servino is, like, a solid foot uh, <laughs> taller than Chocolate Chip Charlie. Yes. And, and an easy, like, like, 70 pounds heavier. Yeah, exactly. So from there now, he's been because he's been permitted to speak, uh, he wants to go over the speech with Nicole. And so him and Nicole walk into a private uh, recording room to discuss. And and when they go in there, they close the door and it's very it's very eerie when the door closes because you're like, oh, shit, some shit's going to go down. Right. And C3 says, you know, I've seen what happens when it goes in and comes out. And Nicole's like, well, what do you mean? Well, how? And then immediately he starts shaking. And this is the scene that to this day has still scarred me. Uh, scarred me when I was a kid. I had nightmares about this scene because it's so disgustingly terrifying. His neck starts to swell as he's shaking. And then his mouth just like gets really open and wide. And the inside of his mouth, it, it, it's got like spots all yeah. over it but they almost look like chocolate chips and i don't know if that was supposed to be uh, uh, yeah they they look like they kind of look so like gross. some kind of weird like yeah cysts or something yeah, um I, I kind of more envisioned like the inside of like a dog's mouth that they have those like spotches and whatnot but yeah this scene was so so good this is my favorite yeah. scene in the entire movie yeah this is the best scene because you're like oh shit not charlie yeah and he's get and he's and he's starting to explode and Jason walks in, and and they're both uh, Nicole and Jason are now surrounded by the stuff, and it's funny because Jason's screaming, uh, and it's such a weird like babyish scream that he lets out, but it's I love it because it's it just it works for the scene, and um, and Spears and Mo show up on the other side of the recording room's glass, 
and Spears like wants to shoot the glass and Mo like puts the gun down and he bashes <laughs> the glass in. And you mean you mean he bashes air and they just uh draw <laughs> glass in front of it. Yeah, it was uh, awesome. It was dope. Yeah, it actually it actually of all the special effects, it, it worked very well. That one part, uh when when he's in blue screen in a second is terrible. But yeah, I the trial like real quick, back to the chocolate chip Charlie part yeah. of this. Um uh, again, this is unfortunately. I would say the the one unfortunate moment is that I I am in no way scarred by this scene because this is the first time I'm essentially seeing the scene. Yeah. But I can say, and my wife backed it up. She was. I think this was the scene where she's like, you know, if I saw this as a kid, it would have fucked me up. And yeah, it I fucked get me up. It. Yeah, I, I, I totally get it. I mean, hell, I was fucked up just by seeing the cover, right? Like, I didn't yeah. want to see this movie just because of the fucking cover. So I can only imagine how you would have felt with Chocolate Chip Charlie doing that whole thing. But yeah, but watching it, like, without any sort of nostalgic fear, I will say that it's it's technical... Uh, the like this scene is almost in two parts it's the chocolate chip Par- charlie like sort of blowing apart part and then there it's the stuff part the chocolate chip charlie part is infinitely better than the second half of this little climax scene because the special the effects are just the the blue screen on the, the part it's just bad but oh yeah this part's a f- so effective man and like the fact that like when his when you said his neck is like starting to engorge and and you can like in the sound mix they make like yeah, bones really breaking gross. and stuff yeah. like that so like you can just tell that it's moving its way up and then and then it causes you to wonder like is there any part of chocolate chip charlie's like essence still left like are you still kind of chocolate chip charlie until it decides to destroy your body and you don't quite see him explode but you see the pieces of him so he 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 does explode do they feel it when the when their mouth breaks open like this is all the shit that freaks me out like thinking about it you know and uh it would have knowing me had i seen that part as a kid it would have fucked me up yeah dude it's it's gross it's really gross and um and and you know the stuff that has now come out is now on nicole's face yeah it happened to mo uh and mo sees like a giant electrical cord which he shoots and which splits it in half and uh and he electrocutes it he ele- he electrocutes the stuff and as he does he's like hit the juice <laughs> hit the juice i don't know he's like laughing too i love it when he does it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh and and then they get out right and after they get out that's when nicole's like oh i was suffocating in there yeah and she looked like traumatized and and i thought that's the, the, when i saw that and i thought about what happened to uh, Mo earlier in the movie, I thought, man, did they, did he really put some like wet plaster on their face and make it super dramatic? Who knows? Um, from there that they've now got like 30 seconds to broadcast and Spears starts giving his announcement, you know, to get rid of the stuff. He's giving his little PSA. And as he's doing that, he's explaining how dangerous it is. You know, don't sell it, close your doors. It's very like war of the worlds esque, you know, speech that he's giving. And what I love about this is, is it cuts as they're doing that, uh, you know, they're like, cook it, burn it. Uh, if, if you've eaten it, go to a hospital. And then it cuts after that, like it's been sometime later. Nicole is addressing the camera uh, and she's like doing that, the narration, like, you know, to the, the people did listen. The nation mobilized to collect it and destroy it. 
and there's like a news announcement, like kind of narration, you know, everybody's destroying the stuff, the stuffed restaurant that was right next to McDonald's gets blown up, (laughs) which is amazing. Uh, The quarry is just like rubble now that the plant gets destroyed. Everything's just getting destroyed. And, uh, you know, it's, it's finishing with Nicole's on TV now, like giving this speech. Right. And, and, and then now Mo is in Fletcher's office, Fletcher from earlier who tried to pay him off and Fletcher and Mo turns off the TV. And, uh, and so Fletcher just looks at me and goes, no, are you here to throw my money in my face? And Mo goes, no, I spent that. (laughs) (laughs) yeah mo you spent the shit out of that (laughs) and then out of nowhere the the big wig uh from the beginning who paid off mo also walk like walks in out of nowhere he's like oh the two of you working together i guess that was inevitable yeah you're in business now and they've they've come out with a brand new product called the taste the taste the taste and it's only like like 12% stuff so yeah. that so like it's just enough to get you addicted but, but not enough to have it control you and yeah. that's just that's at the end of this movie that's the most terrifying part is that these guys know what it can do and they're like but it's okay if you only put 10% in there and yeah. we'll get the addiction out of it and that's this is really where he's punching home you know what's wrong with like the FDA and everything at this point and even I mean even Larry Cohen says that on the documentaries that the whole inception of this movie was him just kind of being just befuddled by the fact that like he's looking around him and he's seen like all these ads for things and like cigarettes are killing people and like this product is getting taken off the market because it's not good for people and he's like like why is this happening you know yeah it's it's a really great commentary on society and i love what he's about to do with these two fucks because yeah, they too. get what's coming to him yeah because uh, because you know mo's like uh you know he goes well why don't you guys try it and they're like oh we're not gonna try it mm-hmm. and then jason walks in out of nowhere yeah, and, and I love how the old guy's like, oh, you're not, you don't want to bring, you know, a kid into here. Like, this is like, yeah, you know, fl- shit's going to go down. We don't know how this is going to go. You don't want to bring a kid in here. And I love how Mo's like, oh, he ain't a kid no more. Yeah. He's, he's seen some shit. And I love the, <laughs> the yeah, kid's he, lines. Like, like, uh, like you said, I've been through a lot. Yeah. Mo, Mo says, you know, the stuff took away his family. And Fletcher's like, well, this is no place for a boy. <laughs> And then Mo pulls out a gun and tells him to sit down and eat it. And he goes, you guys are going to have dinner. And Jason, you know, Jason now looks like he looks tough. He's got his cool, he's got his tough guy little jacket on. And they open up a case of the stuff. Not the taste, but the stuff. And Jason's like, eat it. And then as they're eating it, he's forcing Fletcher and the other douche to eat the eat the stuff. And Mo says, you know, are you eating it or is it eating you? Uh, and the camera pans back as they're struggling. Like they look like they're enjoying it, but they're also like panting a little bit. Like they've been eating like this entire case of the stuff, basically eating so much that they're just going to explode mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And and then you hear the police sirens going. And you hear Jason just say, you know, guess we did it, Mo. Like, that's it. End of the movie, right? Happy ending, right? Everybody is all good now, but it's not. Yeah, actually, actually, I will say real quick, in 
somewhere in the scene, I can't remember when, I think it's in the scene, they mention something about it comes from the earth and it'll just keep coming. And then Mo says, well, we'll just stop it where we stop it. Yeah. You know, and that's where I'm like picturing uh, a TV show spinoff like yeah. War of the Worlds with Mo and Nicole and Jason just going around, just stopping the stuff from popping up in, in other little towns and whatnot. Yeah, I love that concept. I think that's great because, yeah, you there's going to be another big wig exec to come along after that one and after those two guys die. Yeah, you know, exactly. Whether it's they, their son or whether it's the the CEO or the you know the CFO, it's like you always just move one, you yep. replace one with another. That's the exactly. way it works. Yep. But, but they'll be there to stop it, right? Uh, so or uh, or it'll be the black market. Exactly, which is what happens next because yep. the final scene is a truck pulls up on the street and a dude which apparently that is Patrick Dempsey, but I, it was not confirmed, but I but it says that he's one of the drug dealer guys. Um He's not the one with the eyebrows. No, definitely not. He pulls a box out of his truck and he gives it to a guy. And it looks like a drug deal, right? And the guy uh, that he gives it to opens up the case and the guy's like girl is, is standing next to him. And she looks like she's all strung out like she needs a fix. And they open up the box and there's a big case of the stuff. And he opens it up. He takes a finger look, finger lick, licks up at his chick and he nods like, yeah, oh yeah, let's do this. And then suddenly it cuts from there, it cuts to a Larry Cohen film. Done. Yeah. End credits. Boom. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the stuff. 1985, and baby. 1985. And, and I got to say, like, it was it was so enjoyable to watch this time around. I hadn't seen it in a long time. I think actually the last time I saw it, I was like, oh, this movie is not as good as I thought it was. But using this platform that we have to kind of break down movies and and analyze, um, it's great. It's great. It's it's social commentary, but it's also silly, and it's got enough kind of mystery science theater three thousand moments that you can laugh your ass off at. Uh, and there's and it doesn't let up. It just keeps going and going and going. And you know, there's a lot of movies during this time that were low budget. Uh, odd concept that had really slow moments where you're just like, okay, we can really cut a couple 30 seconds out of this scene and that'll really pick up the pace. Um, Larry Cohen did that. Larry Cohen is a schlock maker. He, the ambulance, which was one of his, the movies he did in the nineties is a perfect example of like, it's fun, great cast. Uh, the stuff is like a perfect example of great cast silly concept and it's a good time all wrapped up in one little cup (laughs) yeah man dude i loved it dude i i really did i thought it was i I thought it was so much fun um my my wife and i had actually been wanting to see it it's it's been sitting in our amazon prime queue for for a few months now so i'm i'm glad we actually did it officially on here and i'm glad i got to watch it you know for the first time here um but yeah like as as watching it for the first time in in 2020 I truly think it holds up very, very well uh, conceptually. Of course, it holds up great conceptually. Um, Acting-wise, it's just – 
it's got so much fun things going on acting wise that you just you can't look away and if it was done in any more of a realistic manner it would lose all of its charm yeah you know but like like even the special effects as bad as they were were they were fine that it didn't take anything away if anything you know i just wanted I just thought there was more more story there that they could actually go with, like sequels or or a TV show, like we talked about. There's just there's so many concepts here that that you can mine for some interesting stuff. But no pun intended. But like, if Michael Moriarty wasn't doing the Mo role, I wouldn't care. I, I wouldn't want to see it. You know, like like he was the reason that I just absolutely adored this film it was 90 percent michael moriarty truthfully yeah if you replaced him with uh, like a, a random kind of ken doll looking guy like they did in a lot of these movies back in the day i'm thinking of like the guy who was in the, the movie zombie or it was in the movie the beyond yeah uh, yeah I, know, I know exactly yeah i know exactly what you're talking about boring bland yeah. character and, and then and then did like just deliver their lines yeah. in like a normal like leading man sort of way. You know, this movie would have sucked, yeah. and, and and all of its faults and all of its problems would have been so much more apparent. But like having Michael Moriarty's fucking big dick energy just flowing through this film filling every crevasse with with that giant dick it's just like dude it's just it was just so fucking good man like yeah, I, I couldn't look I look away and i watched i watched this movie i've seen it now twice for the first time i've seen it twice in like four days and i, I can watch it again right now and have just as much fun with it like i don't even know if i'd even want to put this on like like you know we said in, in night of the comet's perfect for like a, a background movie when you're so, sort of just drinking and talking yeah. and, and you want to talk over it but it's neat this i don't want to talk over it because you you miss the best parts of the movie and that's michael moriarty's deliveries on everything so i would even go so far as to say just watch it you know if, if you've never seen this movie just straight up watch it it's it's so much fun i i think you can find it for free on amazon prime um but the arrow blu-ray is beautiful uh the the disc is of course the art is awesome we already talked about that the the transfer is fantastic and it's got like this nice like 50 52 minute uh documentary uh, conversation with larry cohen and a bunch of other people it's fucking fantastic it's it's a it's a good deal i would just say just buy it and if you've never seen this movie like me i can confidently say just buy the arrow blu-ray and watch it you will get your money's worth out of it you will enjoy this film if you just like just let it wash over you you know but i do think that like you know, a couple of viewings makes this movie better because you pick up on some stuff. There's a little bit of subtlety as crazy as this fucking movie is. And it doesn't seem like there's any subtlety in it, but there actually is a little bit of subtlety to it. But there's a lot of fucking Michael Moriarty BDE, baby. And that's what that's what truly makes this movie fan fucking tastic. And that and just the, the concepts that that Larry Cohen is, is working in here, uh, like they hold up so well, dude, like weirdly this movie's fucking more important now than it was back in 1985 Agreed. and sadly 
a testimony to the fact that I guess it didn't do its job because things just sort of kept going in the direction that Larry Cohen was afraid that they were going to go in. Yeah. So if this movie does anything for you, maybe it tells you to get (laughs) off of one thing that you know is being, you know, marketed down your ass and maybe, uh, you know, give it a little bit of a deeper thought than you might. Just like considering it, putting it on Amazon and watching it and be like, yeah, this is a silly horror film. Give it a little bit of a deeper thought. Maybe it has, yeah. you know, something a little more with a little more, uh, you know, substance to it than you, than you initially thought. Yeah, I mean, yeah, th- this movie has substance in spades. So I highly recommend it. And I fucking loved it every single second of it yay i'm glad uh, i'm glad i could i glad i aim to please every time i aim to please every time and and i definitely went down a route of like okay we're gonna go bizarroville great and, uh, Love and I, it. I might continue that trend with my next few picks but we'll sure. we, we shall see sure I'm glad Our, uh, this, <laughs> my I, next I, pick is gonna be interesting i cannot wait but uh but you know as as the song says you can't get enough of the stuff <laughs> awesome i love it all right buddy well this was a awesome episode man i i love talking about this movie with you but uh ditto aside from the stuff and podcasting after dark where else can we find you buddy uh stuck in my home no i'm kidding um <laughs> you can find me on two dollar late fee uh two dollar late fee.com or two dollar on instagram two dollar late fee podcast uh, we are a retro podcast. We talk about movies from the 80s, early 90s. We interview celebrities. We've got a great interview with Eric Roberts that we just did, and he talks about Larry Cohen uh, making The Ambulance. We've got a lot of – actually, that's kind of our, our niche is we do a lot of celebrity interviews, um, and it's a nice companion piece to Podcasting After Dark. You know, uh, it, it's a little bit of the the darker side on Corey and our show, and then on pod on two dollar late fee, it's like uh, the lighter side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. A little yin for your yang. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's always good. And Corey, where can we find you? Yeah, man. Uh, you can listen to me talking to our pal uh, Adam every single week talking about uh, Seinfeld on Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. And then you can hear me talking to our pal Tess on ongoing comic book discussion podcast about comic books and everything. And, uh, you know, those those podcasts and Friday Five, Talking Back, Blast from Our Past, uh Cartwright, Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast, and Podcast After Dark. Everything can be found on our network website. All the links and in, in to all the different podcatchers on www.bfopnetwork.com. That's bfopnetwork.com. And if you enjoy our show, well, you're kind of only getting half of it on the free feeds here. The other half is over on Patreon, patreon.com slash podcasting after dark. And we do actually two extra shows a month over there. We have our freeform discussion wrap up after dark show which is a lot of fun just zach and i kind of shooting the shit for like an hour and 20 minutes or so uh you know obviously about stuff you know pad related but you know pretty much about anything so if you want to hear zach and i kind of talk more that's that's that (laughs) (laughs) and then uh as i'm sure you guys have already heard um uh 
on on the free feeds is uh, interviews after dark, and that is our exclusive interview series. Yes. And we release, uh, you know, we release a new one on the free feeds occasionally, um, but all of them live on the on our Patreon page, and uh, you know, all proceeds go towards you know uh, keeping the show up and running and all that kind of stuff. But uh, we we do know that times are tough right now financially. We totally get it. Uh, the world is insane right now. So if you want to support the show, but you don't have, you know, the, the extra finances, no worries whatsoever. Uh, just leave us a five-star review on Apple podcasts. That actually goes a very long way to getting new listeners in front of the show. So that would be, that would be a wonderful thing. We really appreciate all the five-star reviews we have on there right now. I mean, my God, it's, it's amazing. It's all five-star reviews. So yeah, thank thank, thank you for all the love you guys, um, you know, from posting stuff on Instagram and right. Obviously the, the reviews and the five stars are what really help us get more kind of exposure. And, and, uh, that's what pushes us to a higher level. And thank you for all of that. And just thank you for all the support. You guys are all the, the, our little fan base community is, is so cool and always coming up with great ideas or, uh, little comments. Great suggestions. Yeah, great yeah. suggestions. And also thank you for understanding that we don't go into any movie with the intention to shit on it. And we are, you know, I'd say we are positively critical of movies. Like we, yeah. we, do, we take it with a positive spin because we understand that every single movie we've discussed on this podcast and every single one we do in the future, these are pieces of art. And these guys have put their time and energy into it, even if it's a giant blockbuster or if it's like a minimal, you know, uh, film shot on 10,000 bucks. It's like, doesn't matter. All these people went into this movie hoping to make it a good thing. And so we kind of keep that in mind when we do these uh, breakdowns because we don't want to just shit on a movie for shit's sake. There's, I'm sure there's plenty of podcasts that do that and we're not one of them. So, uh, (laughs) even with night of the comet, we, you know, we, neither of us particularly cared for that film, but we, I think we, we did a good job bringing to light the, the stuff that we did enjoy. Yeah. And we try to harness that. We try to hone in on that. I I even told my wife, I was like, look, the, the stuff, this movie is terrible. It's absolutely terrible, but I'm going to choose to go in and and like hone in on the shit that I really love about it. And you know what? Like 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 I said without the the, the, the these aspects like especially Michael Moriarty, this would be a bad movie on paper, but it's yeah. not, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, I I like that. I like I like that we go in just with a positive spin, you know. I don't want to be, every, yeah. Every other fucking guy, out, guy and gal out there have the, like their snarky remarks or something. Let's be the guys that actually has something nice to say for once, you know. So yeah, it'd be like it'd be like saying that Aliens is like not a good movie. <laughs> You'd still with that guy, man. That really got under your skin, didn't no it? No offense, but I'm sure if that guy's listening, I, I honestly, honestly forget who you are. But if that guy's listening, man, like. Maybe you need to revisit that because I don't know anyone else on this planet. Like this, sometimes people hate just to hate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I know. I know. And we're never going to do that, guys. No, because that's not who we are. That is our promise. That is our podcasting after dark promise to you. We will never hate just to hate. We will always try to find the fun in everything. And and for those people that are wondering what, uh, because Corey and I have very distinctly different picks when we choose these movies. Mm-hmm. If anyone's wondering what my next pick will be, 
it's not going to be what you would expect at all. Mm. Oh yeah, mine is dramatically different uh, from from what we just watched. So <laughs> I uh, I'm looking forward to your unboxing video that I imagine I'll be receiving in the next day or so cool. because you'll be getting the movie in the next day or so. You're like the next pick will be an officer and a gentleman. <laughs> what? Yeah, so it's a movie I wasn't allowed to see as a kid, so it fits the podcast. No, I'm just yeah, joking. Just there joking. you go. There you go. Hey man, do you remember Days of Thunder? I love Days of Thunder. Me too, but I haven't seen it since the theater, and I remember how big of a deal it was when that movie came out that year. I it, yeah, I actually uh, the theme song to Days of Thunder by Hans Zimmer is on my workout playlist. I love that movie. Huh. Nice. And Are you I guys do- ever going to get to Days of Thunder on Two Dollar Life? Do you think we might? We might. We're um. We God, we have so many like <laughs> as we do on podcasting after dark. There's so yeah. many movies that I want to do, and just like today, uh, you know, when this episode airs, it'll be after his birthday. But Emilio Estevez had a birthday recently, and we, uh, I was thinking about his catalog of movies, and I'm like, shit, Young Guns is so badass. Judgment Night is such a badass movie. I kind of want to talk about that. Yeah. Men at Work is a fantastic movie. Men at Work is fucking awesome. And so, yeah, Days of Thunder, because I'm I'm actually growing to appreciate Tom Cruise again. Like, Mm. I went through this time where I was, like, kind of over him, not into his movies. I'm starting to re-appreciate. I I was not a Top Gun fan for the longest time, and now I'm, like, really excited to see Top Gun Part 2 and uh, watch Top Gun 1 again. And there's a brand-new transfer of Days of Thunder coming out, a 4K Blu-ray, and there's a 4K Blu-ray coming out of Top Gun. Ooh, that's nice. Ooh, those are those are both nice. And I'm I, I'm with you, dude. I'm actually looking forward to Top Gun too, dude. I'm I'm excited about that. Well, so, all right. I, and I I just recently watched Cliffhanger, and, and the connection there is both Days of Thunder and Cliffhanger have Michael Rooker in it. Right. And it yeah. fits into podcasting after dark with Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, which is one of my favorite <laughs> indie horror films. Anyways, um, and I was like, oh shit, I love Michael Rooker. Like, yeah, you know. And I love Stallone, and I love Tom Cruise. Oh my god, I, I love movies. I love movies. Yeah. I, lo- I love. I always loved Michael Rooker in Mallrats. Oh, of course. Again, yeah. You know, <laughs> Kevin Smith's birthday in a few months, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and by the way, guys, we are going to do a podcast network crossover for Kevin Smith's birthday. Uh, we will keep you up to date on that and just kind of give you the heads up. But uh, yeah, it'll be fun. We're going to have, we're going to have a fun uh, week in August where uh, basically us and a couple other um, shows in our network are all going to do basically a, a Kevin Smith retrospective. So um, that'll be fun. We're looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah. And until then <laughs> we will catch you on the dark side. Join the Podcasting After Dark Patreon community to unlock exclusive monthly content like cast interviews and a fan feedback show. Plus, you get every regular episode of Podcasting After Dark completely ad-free. You can also support the show by rating and reviewing us five stars on Apple Podcasts and by recommending us to your friends. Finally, make sure you follow us on Reddit. Instagram, and Facebook for news and updates about future episodes. Just search for Podcasting After Dark. Hello, everybody. 
everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia.